0: This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC, text eight four eight five zero. Steve Allen on LBC. I'm exhausted. Running that marathon yesterday, I'm telling you. I don't know. I made it. But, uh, luckily, I did. I went off. I just. I joined the last bit. I joined the last bit of the uh, of the marathon. That was the bit where I was driving away from it as fast as possible. Well done to everybody. Who did it? Uh, It was good, it was good. On the programme this morning, uh, why are so many British men having a midlife crisis? Seems to be a plethora, doesn't it? After Stephen Hendry ditched his wife the other day of 19 years to go out with some girl who's appearing in the Noddy show. Marvellous, isn't it? Uh, Britain's biggest fair dodger uncovered. He's loaded, but he's managed to fiddle it for ages. Anyway, he's repaid £43,000 in less than a week. So he's obviously very rich. Why did the rich thieve? All of that and more this morning on LBC. And there was this big debate yesterday on uh, on Twitter. And uh, somebody was writing in, obviously on Twitter, to try and find out. Because I said I use the first-class carriage all the time, on the trains, all the time. Luckily, a load of people don't know that you can actually use it on local services. As I pointed out three million times before, you can't use it on long-distance services. So, in other words, if I'm getting the train from Waterloo, I can't get on the Reading train and sit in first class. If, however, it's going to Windsor and Eaton or Hounslow, and it's got the, normally on those trains, two first-class carriages on there. Uh, you sit in there. I mean, if I was going to be nicked by now, I would have been nicked. I've been using it for the past, well, dread to tell you how many years I've been using it. And so uh, somebody was sort of saying, you know, uh, on South West trains, no, unless he's actually getting mixed up with the Windsor side service, there's no mix-up at all. It's a first-class carriage on the Windsor and Eaton Riverside train, which goes straight the way down. It's a fairly long journey, and you can sit in first class all the way through. No charge, nothing. I've had the ticket inspector through. There's loads of us sit in there. Luckily, the other day, the, the doors, they've started operating again, and they close. And people seem quite frightened of going into first class if the doors are closed, which, of course, suits me great. So by the time we get to Twickenham, there's generally me and my friend Graham on there. There's nobody else at all. Maybe at Clapham Junction, you might get three or four people getting on. Uh, but coming into town... Because uh, it comes in on the opposite, uh, on the opposite journey. Always full. the first class. They're not first class. You can't buy a first class ticket to Windsor and Eton. It doesn't exist. They only do standard. So I never understand why people don't understand how I explain it. I said on long journeys like Portsmouth, Reading, things like that, where you can buy a first class ticket, you can't just go and sit in there with a second class ticket. Otherwise you get nicked. So on the short journeys, you can do it all the time. And short journeys, Hounslow, it does about 15 stops, I think, on the way to Hounslow. And, um, and I love it. But apparently... And this is a ten-car train. This is a... T- one, two, three, four, five, five. Yeah, this is about a ten-car train. I'm going to count them today to find out how many how many carriages are on there. Because somebody said they're actually going to stop that service. Well, I shall cont- I shall look for trains that have got first-class services on, which I can go locally to. So you can't get on the Reading train and then get off at Twickenham by sitting in first class. However, the only time that ever changes, the only time you can sit in the first-class train on the Reading train... Uh, I think, yeah, Reading, It's the only one that will happen, you can sit in the first class, is on Ascot. Because there's so many people crammed onto the train, if you think that the people standing up there, half of whom are off their trolleys on booze at that time of the morning, you think they're going to stand up when there's a first class carriage sitting there? Pfft, no chance. The ticket inspector goes nowhere near them, nowhere near them. I've been on that service, and they're all boozed up in first class. They haven't bought a first class ticket, they're just sort of cheapos. Let's face it, because if you're going to Ascot you go in the Rolls or the Bentley. You don't go in those stretch limousines because you look a bit chavvy and a bit naff and a bit sort of Newcastle. I've decided to move it from Essex to Newcastle. And so, uh, but only those poor people who can't afford it actually go on the train to Ascot because they're going to be drunk. But, I mean, normally you'd, you'd take, take the chauffeur in the Bentley, wouldn't you? That would be the, uh, the best way to go. Anyway, apart from that, hope you had a good weekend. It was very nice. Very nice. Uh, Kay Burley still buying me presents sweeties yesterday you know in a box shaped like a radio which was very nice i bought her chocolates stigs uh, children got chocolate easter eggs it's amazing because they come out so well. we haven't had easter yet have we or have we had, i don't know where we're up to in easter we'll have christmas decorations in the shops very shortly and being <coughs> excuse me monday there is absolutely diddly squat in the papers and i mean diddly if i say When I go through the papers, there's hardly anything in there. Believe you me, there's hardly anything in it Because I can can drag ten minutes out of the most mundane item. It doesn't take too much. For example, we did yesterday, uh, Britain's Got Talent. They've got their biggest figures yet, but don't worry, it's only week one. It's got loads of opportunity to tail off. And uh, they had that old granny on. Did you see it? The old dancing granny. Who turns out not to be the innocent little person you think she is. She's already won the Spanish version of Britain's Got Talent. Which I think might be called... Hispania's got talent. But anyway, she won that one a couple of years back, and so we've got her over here. I mean, it's very nice to see a 79-year-old throwing themselves around, but, you know, don't get the impression she's only just appeared from nowhere. She's been around for years. She's been dancing with this guy for years. He won the Spanish Strictly thing, so, I mean, they're not the innocents you think they are. Simon Cowell has said, oh, I think she stands a chance of winning, you know, it's her dream to appear on the Royal Variety. She's appeared on every bloody other show on television. She was with Paul O'Grady at Christmas. I know that because people were sending me in things yesterday saying I was in there. She's been around for ages, this woman. She's just happened to be a fit. There's loads of them. There's loads of fit 79-year-olds. But do not, do not make the big mistake of trying to fool the British public into, oh, look, she's just a little old lady from the bus stop. You know, lives in a little council flat around the corner. She lives in Spain. She's very well healed, thank you very much indeed. There's nothing, you know, there's nothing innocent about her. She's been in the business for a long, long while, and she happens to do dancing. It's only because we go nowadays. You're how old? 79! And that's what we get excited about, don't we? We get very excited about the fact that somebody's got to 79, and they can still do that, whereas I know 25-year-olds who get knackered walking up the stairs. I know people who come in on motorcycles. I I watched somebody on a motorcycle the other day. He was a complete idiot. How the police never caught him? I don't know. He looked at it. He was stoned out of his mind, going up and down Chiswick, out by Turnham Green. I I nearly filmed him because he was a complete idiot. He had no idea what he was doing. However, talking of uh, no idea, for the second time, for the second time, an e-cigarette has caused a lot of problems. We had one blow up the other day. These are the electronic cigarettes. If you choose to buy them in markets, you're buying a barrel load of trouble. These things are made cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. They're blooming dangerous. It's like I would never buy a charger for my phone unless it was an approved one from the company. Because there's too many things that blow up. So I would never go to uh, certain high street cheapo cheapo stalls or markets and buy a charger for a phone. I just wouldn't. Anyway, we had one the other day. It was a, a barman he was charging his thing up on his computer because that's how you charge them up i believe they've got those little connectors and uh, and it blew up and sent a flew a, 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 a sort of a, a huge fireball across the bar now we've got a, a grandmother in hospital and uh, her name is jean her face is completely burnt because the e-cigarette they think uh, caught fire next to her oxygen supply So you're looking at something very, very dangerous. Uh, A source said an e-cigarette and a lighter were found at the scene. What in God's... I mean, I sat on the bus the other day with somebody smoking an e-cigarette on the bus. The argument being, oh, it's not a proper cigarette, it's an electronic cigarette, it's not smoking. Of course it's bloomin' smoking. Of course it's smoking. Some of them even have tobacco essence in there. But to watch people... I mean, I'm assuming they're rather sad addicts. You know, people people do smoke these e-cigarettes. Petri Hoskin... Smokes here, Petrie Hoskin smokes here because I've seen her, and I remember it. Only somebody reminded me the other day, and I remember thinking, "Oh yeah, Petrie smokes one of these e-cigarettes." But you can buy very expensive ones or very cheap ones. Quite clearly, the one that this this granny had, I mean, in it is a cartridge which has got nicotine in a chemical solution of either propylene glycol or glycerine and water, because it's it's vapor, but it's got nicotine in it. Okay, then there's an atomizer and a battery, and a microprocessor, and the LED illuminates as you inhale. So you can see that it's working. So as you inhale, the heating element vaporises the liquid, delivering a hit of nicotine straight to the lungs. It's nicotine in there. There's a lot of them with nicotine. Don't give me all this balderdash about, oh, no, they're really good for you. I'm telling you, you're going to be seeing in years to come, people, you know, apart from the fact these things blow up, which means they're extremely dangerous, uh, secondly... I mean, I, I know, in fact, I know about people I know, probably half a dozen people, and uh, they're on them, and they've tried about three or four types, because sometimes you can sort of, and you get nothing at all out of it. But it is dangerous. It delivers, you know, a hit of nicotine straight into your lungs. You think that's great? Fantastic. Good for you. Good for you. But I still worry about it. And if any more blow up, I mean, this woman's face could be scarred for the rest of her life. That's what worries me, that there is a danger with electronic cigarettes. It's only been two weeks, and we've had two major disasters. The next time, it could be you. You know, you inhale on this thing, it could blow up in your face. You want to take that risk? Fantastic. That's your business. Your business. Not up to me to decide. I'm not bothered about the smoking side of it. I'm I'm more worried about the fact that as people try and flog them to you, they get cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. So if somebody's selling it to you for 20 quid, they're probably paying about four, which means it costs less than a quid to make. They're all made in China. They're made over there in sweatshop factories. You know, you are contributing to the sweatshop economy of Thailand and China and any of these countries that turn out these cheap items. And it's the packaging, isn't it? It's the You think you're buying something really classy. I've seen all the adverts for them. I wouldn't want to try something. It's got electronics in there. And you're sticking it in your mouth. Why don't you just wire yourself up to the mains? I can't see any advantage to it at all. I really can't. Uh, There's some playful brothers... And uh, they're the first, first ones. They're two and four. They've actually been given um, a noise pollution thing. So that they're actually trying to find out how loud they get. Because some kid, Have you noticed how some kids scream? And you went, like, shut up. Why are you so noisy? They can't help it. They get very excited, kids. Don't they? Yeah! We were in Harrods yesterday. We went to the V&A... Have a look round there, have something to eat, which is quite nice. So we did the V&A. And uh, then we went to Harrods, have a look at the toy department. And there were two kids who came in with their mummy and daddy. And their mummy and daddy were, I don't know where they came from. They they weren't weren't British. But they walked into the Lego department. Well, these kids, they screamed with excitement. (coughs) They're like, shh, quiet. And people get very excited. And there's lots of demonstrators in Harrods. Yesterday, it was a little tiny flying saucer, about the size of my hand, made of plastic with little LEDs in it, and you charge it up by just sticking it onto a... looks like a plate or something like that. And I watched it, and he threw it up in the air, and this thing goes... And, it, and I thought, I want one. I want one of these things. So, how much were they selling them for in there? £32 each. They probably cost less than £2 to buy. 32 So we tried to find them on Amazon. We couldn't, so I'm going to have to search again. Uh, it was two for 60 quid. When I actually picked it up, this was a little piece of cheap plastic with two little LEDs in. I mean, if it cost a pound, I would have been surprised. So two for 60 quid, I thought, was taking the Michael, just a fraction. But I did look at them, I really want one of these. And they've got somebody with a boomerang and somebody with a little aeroplane. But all these hovering things, they're all over the place. But I want the one that looks like the little spacecraft. And it was tiny. And you could bounce it on the floor. And because it's rubber, it bounced up again. But as I say, if it cost a pound to make, I would have been very surprised. Quarter past four. Steve Allen on LBC. 18 minutes past four, coming up uh, with Nick Ferrari this morning. He's back for his holiday. I wonder what colour he's going to be today. I'm sort of going on a sort of... We we either think orange or caramel. Uh, Caramel sounds nice. As Michael Gove prepares to send inspectors into schools where it's feared Islamic uh, conservatism is damaging children's education, Nick will be asking how serious a problem is this for our schools. Former Deputy Speaker Nigel Evans claims his court case has bankrupted him and the CPS should pay his legal fees. Is it fair? And the health secretary joins Nick to explain why the government wants you to start seeing your doctor via email or video link. Uh, Charlene White, the ITV news presenter, is looking at the papers for today. Not sure about seeing your doctor by video link. Really not sure about that one. 84850, oh, steve at lbc.co.uk. And uh, the hospital unit. I'm sure that somebody's going to pick up on this one today. That in 24 hours, 14 newborns, three are British. And it's mainly people who just turned up here. Uh, to have babies on the NHS. Many of them don't appear to live here. They just come in and they turn up and they go straight to the NHS and they have their babies because they don't have... And half of them don't even speak English. It's amazing, isn't it? Do you think perhaps if we want to go and have a... We'll just turn up in Bogota and go and have a... You you don't want to go there, do you? Because you want to come here. Why can't we charge like America? Why can't we charge? America seems to have sussed out the system. Why should we give people free medical attention? You go to... Hospital A&Es now. There's people who quite clearly sit there for the day. They take picnics, and they, you know, because they can't believe you're actually going to be given free medicine. There was that uh, bent woman the other day who was going in there. She'd ripped us off to the tune of about £4 million. Her lawyer said, no chance of getting it back again. And you think, well, let's hangar. Make it so much easier, wouldn't it, really? I don't understand why. Somebody can rip us off. and The whole system appears to, to fall down. And, and then you think, but wait a minute, we have to get the money back what she was doing, she was pretending, if you remember. This is how low some people go. I mean, she really was, when they say scum of the earth, this one gets about as scummy as it, as it becomes. She was claiming that all the people in her family had AIDS. As it turned out, she didn't actually have a family. She'd invented those as well. And she was claiming benefits, and we were handing it out. They must be the dumbest people ever in these benefit offices. Are they intelligent? Do they have to pass a test? Or do they just sort of hand money out willy-nilly? Or are they on the backhanders? Yeah, I'll fill yeah, us in, just make sure I get 20 quid a week. Doing this how it works. Because I can't believe how easy it is to get money out of the DSS to get these... £4 million! It's not like it's, you know, 20 quid or 40 quid overpaid. £4 million. She was getting drugs from the NHS. Nobody was checking. Nobody ever saw these people. They just handed over the drugs to her. And she took them back to Nigeria and sold them over there for a vast profit. She probably couldn't believe her luck. We're so dumb, aren't we, in this country? We're so dumb here. It's just ridiculous. Oh, by the way, proving that the Duchess of Cambridge is not pregnant... She downed several glasses of wine. A little bit of a problem, I think, maybe there. That's we should keep an eye on that one. And uh, she's off. So that's it, because there was... I think they had with um, Kay Burley yesterday and Stig, they had Arthur Edwards, the son's photographer, and he said, no, she's not, she's not pregnant. And if anybody would know, he would know. Jackie enjoyed the adamant in conversation, could have listened for longer. Yes, he was good, wasn't he? It's well worth downloading. I think we've got record numbers on the, uh, on the download of Adamant the other day. And I do love the story of a holidaymaker, Katie Bryan. She goes to South Africa. She was at a party and she decided that she was going to download a Neil Diamond album. Now, I'm a huge fan of Neil Diamond. Huge fan of Neil Diamond. Anyway, when she got back to the UK, she discovered she was more than £2,000 overdrawn because Orange had put through a direct debit for £2,609. They said... I'd run up a big bill. I laughed because I thought they were referring to my £94 bill for calls, which is normally three times higher than my normal 35 quid. Then I went online. She found Orange had sent her a garbled message when she was in South Africa saying there was a a charge of £8 for every megabyte downloaded. The 20-minute album downloaded was 326 megabytes. Orange have agreed to cut her bill to £400. Now, I was with Orange, and the one, and I'm not now, and I was with them when they started. I was one of the first people in the country to get a free phone and free for a year with Orange, because I stuck with Hutchinson Telecom, and that was the, that was the thing. They sent the phone over to us. We were in um, Hammersmith at the time. And the phone arrived, fully charged up, with no bills for a year to pay. And then after that, and I, was, I, I thought I'd go for the top thing, and I was paying a lot. Now I pay 20 quid a month, and it's, that's for all my phone calls, all my text messages, everything. Okay, it's it's, if it goes, I think this month it went up to twenty two pounds. But with orange, I had if you go a fraction over what you've paid for, you pay through the nose, you know, and it's I thought it was just so expensive. One month I got a bill for one hundred and twenty pounds and I thought this is just it's not that I can't afford to pay one hundred and twenty pounds, one hundred and twenty pounds. But I thought I just don't want to pay it. And so we decided to change and so we've changed subscribers and, you know, everybody's got their own favourite subscriber. You know, some people say O2's terrible. Some people say O3's terrible. Some people say... You know, everybody's got a different story about a supplier. It's at the moment I'm with O2 and I'm quite happy to be with O2. Uh, We don't seem to have too many problems with it. And it keeps my bill low. It's never been over £22.20 or something like that, which I think is quite enough for all my phone calls. And I make a lot of phone calls. And it's all my tweets and my texts and everything else. I think it's worth it. But when I used to get these horrendous bills from Orange, I thought, no, we're stopping it now. And luckily, I've got a very good friend who sorts out all these things. I can't deal with these people. So he deals with them, and he just literally threatens them. And so we started off on 02, where they were looking at £60, and he went, no, no, we're not. we can get much better deal than that. And we ended up coming down. It got to £25, and he said, can we not do any better than that? He said, this is ridiculous. And so in the end, they went £20. All in. And I thought, well, that's the one I want. That's the one I want. I feel sorry for anybody. So, I mean, if you do go abroad, and here is my advice. If you go abroad... Don't take your mobile phone, because if you start using it, it will absolutely eat up, and they have different charges. You have to let them know you're going abroad, because the moment you go abroad, as you all know, you go to Spain, you turn your phone on and off, and up comes Movistar, because that's their server over there. And, and you go, oh, look, I'm with Movistar now, but if you start downloading an album from the UK... And they write to you and they send you a text saying it's £8 for every megabyte. Come on, hands up. How many people listening this morning have got any idea what a megabyte is? You do not know. I wouldn't know how, I mean, if I can tell you that that album was 326 megabytes. That's what the album is, 326. I wouldn't have any, any idea. If somebody says to me a megabyte, I'm assuming it's, it's huge because it's the word mega and byte. Sounds, sounds great, doesn't it? A megabyte, that sounds, no, 326 to download an album of Neil Diamond. I'm not saying that Neil Diamond isn't worth £2,600, because I think he is, if he was singing to you privately. But to download the album, £2,600, do not go abroad and start downloading albums, you would be a mug. Oh, back to that word again from The Only Way Is Essex, you mugged me off, they go. That's what. That's what. That poor old uh, Gemma Collins goes. Oh, he mugged me off. She goes, talking like the three-year-old, which mentally she is, I'm afraid. Uh, Johnny says, just finishing one of the quietest weeks in the taxi. It's uh, if it's like this after Easter, I'll be standing on street corners again. <laughs> Little guitar. Come by, my lord. I like the. Actually, everybody has been pretty quiet. Everywhere's quiet this week. All the shops are quiet. You know, there's I don't can't. There's only people who are busy at the moment. Are the undertakers? Everybody else very, very quiet indeed. Uh, somebody says, uh, "Thank you for telling it exactly as it is." With Britain's Got Talent, an elderly pro is still a pro, and I'm sick of, tired of seeing her new talent. Dorman Dom in Woking is awake, and listening. Malcolm says, "I used to have a crush on Petrie." Well, you can still quite a number of people who got crushes on on Petrie. Even round here, there's a couple of couple of the boys around here. I Think she's pretty <laughs> hot. Hutt. No? No, just me again. And, de- well, definitely not James. Uh, you know, James, James has set his sights on other people. You know, set his sights on... We're not too sure what other people. Haven't actually met them yet. But they, say, they always say there's somebody out there for everybody. That's what they say. You just you can't find them, can you, at this time of the morning? 4.30, you can wander around the days. It's funny, though, because if ever you say to somebody, you know, and I've said it time and time again, what's your type What's the, what is your type? People go, oh, I want to go, you know, blonde or this or, you know. And, and, and then the person they end up going out with bears no resemblance to the person that they actually fancy. We've all got different ideas. You know, it's, it's, it's a case of over the years you think, that's my perfect look. That would be the person I would really want to go out with. And then you go out with somebody who looks like that and they're the most boring people under the sun. They've got nothing to talk about. They've got no redeeming quality. A friend of mine once, he he had this obsession with this model, and so he goes out with this model, and he said later, they were the most boring, but he said, having a conversation was like pulling teeth, like pulling teeth, you know, some people are great, give them a couple of drinks, and they'll talk for the country, but you know, if you go out with somebody, you expect a conversation, because that's why, you, you go out, you sit in restaurants, I do it all the time. And I'm generally chatting away with the person I'm sitting with because that's what you do. That's what you've gone out for dinner. We went out on Saturday. I went out with two friends of mine, Jason and Charlie. And uh, Charlie was looking as gorgeous as she always does. And uh, she has this sort of dinner. And we're chatting for the whole of the dinner. We're chatting for the whole of the dinner. Got some great gossip. Great, great gossip, which I, I cannot repeat on this programme because I'm not the sort of person who uh, who perpetuates the myth that you know gossip is good for you. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I love gossip. It doesn't matter who it's about. I like it. Especially if it's about people that I work with. I'm, I'm even more intrigued by that one. Somebody says, did you know about so-and-so? And I go, no. In fact, there's been a couple of things recently where somebody's told me something about somebody and I had no idea. I've gone, how can I not know this thing? In fact, normally the first thing somebody says to me, if they've not seen me for a while, a friend of mine has just been away on holiday and uh, sent me a text yesterday saying, what's, what's the latest gossip? I said, I wish I knew. I wish I knew. Lynn says, I must be going bonkers. On Saturday, I was all set to go into town and transfer 1,600 quid into my daughter's account as a short loan. I texted my daughter to confirm it. She was perplexed. I dreamt the whole thing. That's a bit scary, isn't it? Could you dream you've transferred it into my account and I won't tell anybody? (laughs) How does that one work? (laughs) <laughs> 84850 Steve at uk. We take uh, all of them. Uh, Paddy Jones almost quit dancing after her partner dumped her, but of course she didn't, because she wants to appear on, on the, the Royal Variety performance. I don't know why. It's the, It's because... They're, they're trying to make out that it's something special. It's not a command performance, it's a variety performance put together by ITV or whoever it is. And part of the deal, obviously, was we'll, we'll try and find a winner who's good enough to appear in front of the royal family. I don't know why. Listen, they've got so many tacky people in the royal family, it doesn't actually make any difference whether these people can perform or not. We had somebody doing tassel dancing, as if you could do that on a stage. Coming up, are you proud to be British? Surprisingly, only a third of us are. LBC News time, 4.30. Steve Allen on LBC. Only got pretty twenty nine minutes, sort of to five. It doesn't make any difference, does it? Who cares? What? The, who cares what the time is? It's four thirty in the morning. Doesn't make any difference at all. We wander through the papers. We're fairly irreverent. We're not particularly bothered about PC on this program because uh, I think it's a bit naff and it's over. Good heavens above! Brian Dowling's still working. I had no idea. I thought his career washed up years ago. And uh, there's Rusty Lee. I did. I worked with Rusty Lee on a couple of uh, couple of things actually. Uh, front page of the Express this morning. See what they're going with. Um, oh, free rock and roll double CD including Presley, the Everly Brothers, Chuck Berry, Fats Domino, and many, many more. Here's uh, David Cameron and his wife in Grotti. Welcome to the place. What a dump! I wouldn't want to go there. Ghastly, absolutely ghastly. Poor man. He goes on holiday and immediately is surrounded by by camera crews, and they say. Uh, palm trees and glorious beaches make Lanza Grotti a top destination. Pfft, yeah, right. I want to see the miserable faces at the airport. I thought it was a ghastly place. It was horrible. Horrible, horrible, horrible. I wouldn't ever go there if you paid me. I really wouldn't. I couldn't bear it. In fact, I don't think any of us liked it. it was, there was nothing to recommend it at all. Uh, salsa granny Paddy Jones. Just by get, being called Paddy Jones, you know she's in the business, don't you? Uh, she says she, um... Last night, hit back at critics. She's 79 Really, she's hitting back. So we've got a feisty side. Saying she shouldn't be on Britain's Got Talent because she's already won a similar TV contest in Spain. She lives in Valencia. and uh, But she says surely other people do this and go in for all sorts of competitions. Nico and I haven't gone on Britain's Got Talent with thoughts of gaining goodness knows what. We've gone into it for the pleasure of letting people to see what we can do. Simon Cowell, who said Paddy was like my mum apologise for pressing a red buzzer to vote them off. They were saved when Amanda Holden triggered a new gold buzzer which sent them straight to the semi... Oh, God, another... another. Let's change the uh, the rules as we go along. In other words, so somebody can vote them out and then somebody goes, I'm going to overrule you. It's a load of old rubbish, isn't it, really? Uh, 11.1 million. So that's good. Uh, bouts of flu is what Brucey had and that's the thing that put him off signing up for... The Strictly again, oh, I hope to God it's not Claudia Winkleman, I really do. Can't they find anybody else? It'd be nice if you thought they could, wouldn't it, really, I suppose. Uh, eight for eight five oh, Paul says, finally got to see the benefits cap show in Brent, seven kids and no proper job. I know, you'd think sterilisation would be the way forward, wouldn't you, for some of these people? It's like some people see it as as a way forward, They don't. they don't have any intention of working for the rest of their life, you see, I'm hoping a government might actually come in and start saying, listen, you're perfectly capable of working, all this garbage you're giving us about, you've got a bad back, it's a load of old cobblers, isn't it? Get out there and work, because I tell you what, we're taking the money away from you. Well, get your kids out working. That's the only way forward. I don't actually see that handing people benefits is going to make any difference at all. There is no reason why, you know, unless you're seriously ill, but so many of these people are fraudulent. And that's why I think you have to actually stop it. I wish there was an easy way... Of finding out, because quite clearly the benefits office, they can't do anything at all. Is this in the Ukraine? This looks fairly dangerous, doesn't it? When you've got snatch squads on the streets and people look fairly frightened. Awful, really. And, of course, lots of people with masks on. And you think, oh, dear, and they just sort of, they just attack people for no logical reason. That's worrying me. Sometimes you're quite glad that you actually live here. Sometimes you're actually quite, quite glad you don't have to put up with these thugs all over the place. Bloody terrible, it really is. Uh, other, uh, other things coming in this morning. I was working down at XL, says Neil, on Saturday. Uh, like you say, well done to all the people who t- took part in the London Marathon. Yeah, one person died. Is that the first year that somebody's died? They were interviewing... Somebody's died before, have they? I suppose, to be honest with you, I mean, it's 26 miles. It's not the easiest thing to do. I found, I found doing the treadmill quite exhausting as it was. But I slept like a log on Friday night. I, slept, I went to bed so early, I, I couldn't stay awake. I was out for the count. I mean, by half past six, I'd gone. I was in the land of Nod. I was was very happy. Well done to uh, our Arsenal. Up the Gooners. And they did very well. Got through to the FA Cup final. Very good. He said, we had a family meal in Cockfosters. Oh, right. Oh, there's a nice picture. Very nice picture. Thank you, Neil, very much indeed. I like people to be part of the 4am spike, as we call it, which is good. And uh, Junior says, I was scheduled to fly to Istanbul on Thursday... But my lab was broken into last night at uh, 2200 hours, and the cretins stole four laptops and two PCs. Worst of all, they stole four boxes with 20 GPS tracking devices for the loggerhead turtles. So I've had to order new components and rebuild 20 GPS trackers from scratch a delay of eight to ten weeks. That means flying to Istanbul mid to end of June, where the temperature rises to 50C to 55C. And um, he says, and security... Saw and heard nothing. I know. It's absolutely amazing, isn't it? He says, I'm incandescent with rage. I can imagine so, too. I would be fairly incandescent with rage as well. Isn't it amazing how secure... We had, um... We had something the other... Where was it? Some, some years ago. Oh, that's right. It was, um... Some money was stolen. From a building. Uh, that we were working in at the time. And they couldn't work out. The security man said he saw nothing. He didn't see anything at all. And it turned out to be the security man from the next building. The security man from the next building was thieving. <laughs> oh, dear. And somebody says, it's very simple, why, oh, why can't we make people who want to travel to this country buy health insurance? And if they don't buy it, then we fine the carrier £5,000 per uninsured passenger when they land. It's fairly simple. Yeah, I mean, I agree. You go to America, have you got insurance? Medical insurance? Uh no. Well, we're not, we're not treating you. You can die outside. They couldn't care less. You will pay. You know, you've got to have a credit card or medical insurance. That's why everybody in America carries it. Over here, you turn up, you've just arrived on a plane at Heathrow, you just get in the taxi, because you can afford to do it, because you're not paying for your treatment, and you say, take me to the nearest hospital, I get there, I'm going to have a baby. Some people turn up for heart heart transplants and stuff like that. It's it's amazing, really, isn't it? And we happily treat them. I'm afraid I'd be hard. No, do you have medical insurance? Not here, I'm afraid, no. You can't turn up at a private hospital. Why should you turn up at NHS? You and I have paid for it over the years. These people have paid nothing, and then they just leave, and they've had thousands of pounds worth of treatment. Are you going to be paying? Don't think so, no. <laughs> Kick them out, that's what I say. Uh, Dean says, I got mugged off again. Wait, stop this word, mugged. Stop this word, mugged. Nobody says it in Essex. He said, Not- notes in bottles. He said, i am now decided they can pick up their own uh, milk. Yeah, I mean, I think notes in bottles. It's OK if they go milkman two extra pints today, because then just go back to the milk float, take off two extra pints. But if they go, sorry, can you be a bit quieter, because you're, you're waking the kids up at the early hours of the morning. I'll be banging on the door. Hello? Hello? I'll wake them all up, I'll tell you. Have you listened to Steve Allen on LBC? He's very good. Uh, Steve's still buzzing after Arsenal's win at Wembley on Saturday. Please say hi to Neil, who I'm sure we follow each other on Twitter, says Ross. And Ellie says, I find the immigration law full of flaws. One... Sweet Mauritian girl guilty of the terrible crime of studying on an expired visa. At the same time, a terrorist who nobody seems to be able to deport. Well, actually, we had that guy, a member of the Mafia, who was over here. But because he's been living quite quietly in Uxbridge, (laughs) right, you know, the Mafia stronghold of Uxbridge, uh, we don't do anything. Then, luckily, they get another thing through and he's now, I think, being detained. I mean, how do people... We've got paedophiles, murderers, people that go, you can't send us home, our human rights are going to be affected. I'd have no hesitation. I'm sorry. Snatch squads. Out there. You. Off. Out. Now. In plane. Push them out over the ocean. Bloody well swim. Same goes for the NHS. Says Ellie. I'm a British citizen. I can't get referred to the hospital for a scan when we have the so-called NHS tourism. These are the changes the government should tackle. I'm proud of being British-Italian born, but would have been prouder 30 years ago when red phone boxes were still in use. Now, come on. You know we've got red phone boxes. They haven't got rid of them at all. They're still out there. But I, I agree that people who come here and take full advantage of the NHS, if somebody's ill, if somebody is in a hospital or somebody's in a hotel and they fall ill, then I quite rightly expect an ambulance to turn up and take them to a hospital. You know, and they're obviously not it, but they, you expect them to pay at the end of it. That's what you would expect. That's what I would expect. You know, otherwise, there's a story in the paper today of a nurse. She's so poorly paid, she has to work part time at McDonald's to make ends meet. And I meet no end of people who have two or three jobs. Some of the cleaners here would have two or three jobs. You know, you go from one cleaning job to another. So in the course of the day, you could have three jobs. You know, most of us are lucky enough to have one. To be honest with you, i have only got the strength to do two. I work a six-day week as it is. But I, I like the idea that people do go out and do a job. I mean, street cleaners. Doesn't exactly seem that tough, does it? You just have to push your little wagon up and down and sort of sweep a few bits in. But we've had this uh, this building refurbed in Twickenham. It was offices and have now laughingly converted it into one-bedroom flats. It was an office block above Lloyds Bank and it's now going to be 14 one-bedroom flats. There's no parking with it. You've just got 14 one-bedroom flats, so it's kind of tough. And because they're moving the bus stops, you can't even park outside your own place now. So that's a bit of a disaster. But what's the funniest is that these people who are making it, and I don't think I've heard English spoken once, a lot of Polish, they faced the front of the building, and I don't know whether it's normal in the in the building trade, um, with polystyrene blocks. So they they glued polystyrene. Of course, every time they cut the polystyrene, there is... Tons. All over Twickenham, there is tons. And somebody said to me the other day, are these people going to be clearing it up? I said, I shouldn't think so. Why would they bother about that? Leave it up to street cleaners to sweep up their mess. So the scaffolding's come down, and there's a ton of polystyrene bits all over the place, which, you know, get blown around by the wind because it's polystyrene, and it's very light. But uh, they haven't thought, because they're not bright enough to think about actually clearing up after them. Not really the most responsible builders that I've ever seen. So it's all polystyrene, and then they've covered it with like a cement kind of thing. But underneath it, it's polystyrene. So in the event of a fire, this thing's going to go up like a tinderbox. It's polystyrene. I don't quite understand how they can do that. Surely, if you've got facing the front of a building... Because I've often wondered how concrete bursts into flames. You know, whenever you have a fire and it bursts into flames... So I'm assuming that if there was a fire, God forbid, in Lloyd's Bank, the flames would shoot up the front of the building and this polystyrene would be melting... Years ago, we had lots of problems with big cushions, which people had at home, which were full of polystyrene chips, which is highly flammable. It doesn't get any more flammable than polystyrene. And so they've covered it. And all I'm thinking is the heat, this stuff would melt. It's got to be a hazard. It's got to be a hazard. But presumably it's been passed by somebody. Uh, Dawn says I've just remembered I have a photograph of Jessie Ray at the Adamant Union Chapel gig which I went to which I mentioned in my previous email it wasn't actually long enough she thought actually adamant in conversation was not long enough the only criticism it was over far too quickly he has some interesting tales to tell yeah and that was and that was just it you know, that was just that small section of his life there. And I've seen the guy, Jesse Ray, who Adam told you about, the story of the little ill girl and Harry Styles from One Direction. Jesse was Adam's support actor when I saw him at the Union Chapel. Jesse came on wearing a kilt and armour, then sang along to a film backing track. Crazy, but fun. And I have a friend, Erica, in Maryland, who's also a fan of Adamant. And so I told her she could either listen online to the In Conversation with Adam, so she was going to have a listen. I think everybody heard it, actually. Everybody heard it. I think times are going to go bad, Dawn, I'm afraid, for uh, poor old James Arthur. I think unless he cleans his act up and he does it very soon, you're not going to be seeing him in the charts. And once that looks a bit disastrous, that's the moment that Psycho decide to drop him. I think he he needs to try and either curb his, uh, his potty mouth or he needs to make sure that he engages his brain before he actually says uh, anything at all. Uh, Jill says, yesterday morning I watched Yes Minister, the Compassionate Society, all about a hospital, newly built, fully staffed and no patients. Best run hospital in the country, but no patients, but 500 administration staff. Yes Minister is unfortunately as relevant today as it was back then. It would still be funny if it wasn't so tragic for the year 2014. Yes, I remember that one very well. They had a hospital, all the staff and the administrative people in it, but no, no patients. That's how they survive, isn't it? Nowadays, you don't want pa- patients just upset the apple cart. You don't want uh, you don't want patients but patients in hospital How ridiculous. Coming up, how many parking tissue tick? How many parking tissues, parking tickets are issued every day? It's LBC. It's four forty-five. Steve Allen on LBC. Very interesting. Do you know the, the government recently announced that they'd uh, they'd actually underestimated. Uh, how many East European migrants had come to the country. In fact, they underestimated by 350,000. It wasn't just sort of like 20 or 30, it was 350,000 people. Uh, they're bringing in new measures to make sure, because some people were just turning up to claim a housing benefit of about £100 a week. They're not contributing to the country or doing any work at all. I just don't understand. So more than half get it for six months, while almost a third claim the benefit for more than a year. They must have thought they've hit pay dirt. You know, you come from some of these East European countries. What, they give you? What, how much? £100 a week for doing what? Nothing. Really? Oh, we'll have that, then. And so they do. Must be a never-ending pit of money that the government appear to have. Anyway, uh, apparently on the subject of the, uh, the walls, it's external wall insulation. It's treated to be fire-retardant, but I understand your concerns. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite concerned by it. Because if there was a fire in the bank and the flames lick up the side of the building. Surely this sort of stuff that goes over the top of it, once that's been burnt through, then it's into the polystyrene. And polystyrene, of course, fumes and it drops. I mean, I'm sure that there must be... Why polystyrene? Why would they use polystyrene? Is it because it's cheap? Is that what they've done it for? 84850, stevenlbccouk dot uh, uk. I've heard that John Barrowman is the people's favourite for Strictly. So I'm sure the BBC will listen. It'll be the first time they ever have, if the BBC actually listen to anything. No, we think The Voice is rubbish. Uh, we're still running with it. We thought Michael Michael, Michael McIntyre's show was rubbish. Well, we're still going to run with that. And so Claudia Winkleman. And uh, I think they obviously think that she's the one. I don't know why. Mad as a fruitcake. Mad as a fruitcake. But there again, I suppose it doesn't really matter on that programme, does it, at all? Uh, 84850, Steve at lbc.co.uk. Phil says, if a baby's born in this country... Doesn't that make it British? So are its parents allowed to take it out of the country? Oh, I don't know. That's a bit too complicated for me. <laughs> a little bit too complicated. I mean, I'm assuming, yes. You know, I'm, I. you know. Uh, somebody's a security dog handler in Luton says, please keep slagging off the security industry. We need to get rid of the rubbish workers. Well, anybody can be security guard, can't they? You just sort of apply for it. It just means you have the ability to stay awake overnight. Or not in many cases, I'm afraid. Uh, Just going back to the sweet Mauritian girl, um, you know, I don't know why people got so excited about her and there was an online petition to keep her here. And people are saying, but listen, it doesn't matter who she is. She's illegal. She should not have been in the country. So she had to go back. And that's why people say, oh, no, it's dreadful. She's in the middle of her exams. Well, she might have been in the middle of giving birth to a baby. But it doesn't alter the fact that she should not have been here. She was illegal, so they had to send her back. Eventually they sent her back under the guise of, you know, you, they made it sound so bad, this sort of, you know, she was going back to Mauritius. She think, well, they've got a police force there. It turns out all these people who go, oh, no, I'm, you know, I'm going to be hurt if I go back there. It's a load of old balderdash. 9.999% of the people who go back there, nothing ever happens and they know that they're liars. The latest trick is to pretend you're gay, apparently. That seems to work quite well. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Which we will weave everything in on the programme. Um, Keith says 17% of Americans do not have health insurance. I know, and they're the dead ones. Because you have to have health insurance. Um, it turns out now that there's going to be a... an... Uh, I think on CNN, a press conference at midnight to update the search for Flight 370. I think they've given up now. I seriously think they've actually given up with Flight 370. They're not going to find it, quite clearly. How are they... I mean, how it's ever going to be found, I don't know. Is it something that maybe in years to come we will develop technology where we can find this thing? Is it in half? Is it in one piece? We don't know. Why can't they find it? How is it, in this day and age, you can stick a man on the moon, but you can't find A plane! A plane! This isn't a little glider that's come down. This is a plane. You know, why Why can it not be found? It's, it's awful, really, isn't it? London's weather for today, and it probably goes for the whole country as well. You're looking for a dry day with sunny spells. High today of about 17 degrees centigrade. And uh, tomorrow, same again. A bit chilly yesterday. I thought, went out for a walk in Regent's Park, trying to avoid anywhere where the marathon would go, because I thought, you know, it's going to be a bit dangerous. And it was it was noticeable that the only people running in Regent's Park were those people who quite clearly hadn't managed to make it into the marathon, because 37,000 people pounded the streets yesterday. One person died. But it was absolutely brilliant. Uh, it was a marathon effort. And it's funny, you get loads of coverage and loads of pictures of Mo Farah. He came eighth. He said, if it hadn't been for the crowd, I wouldn't even have got eighth position. And I'm assuming, I don't know how it works, but I know that the professional runners get paid they get paid for doing it. There's a lot of lot of good folks, like many of you listening, who go out there running. And obviously some people are, you know, really excited about taking part in the London Marathon. Charlie Girling did it from here. She did very well. I forget how many hours she did it in. What is it? What, and what is it? Four hours, 50. For, so she was running for nearly five hours. Nearly five hours running. I mean, she's obviously... I mean, that, so he's walking too. I would think so, yes, if it was five hours. But I mean, she finished it. That's cost me an arm and a leg. I promised her 50 quid if she'd do the, uh, if she'd finish the marathon. i have to go and get a loan out now. i have to repay that over 25 years at 6,000% interest. Anyway, well done to all the people who did take part in the marathon. You've got very, very sore feet. You notice all the people who won, men and women, Kenyans, because they're used to running in heat, and they just seem to pound away. 26.2 miles. Um, Mo Farah, his debut time was 2 hours, 8 minutes, 21 seconds. Four minutes behind the Kenyan winner, Wilson Kipsang, who finished in two hours and four minutes. Farris says, I will be back. I'm not going to finish it like this. I did give it my all, but I'm disappointed. Uh, who else was taking part? Um, uh, Michael Owen, former England footballer. Michelle Rue, Jr. He's very fit, like Michelle Rue, Jr. Uh, former Blue Peter host, Helen Skelton. Oh, Jenny Faulkner did it. She didn't have sore feet this morning, I should imagine. Uh, Sophie Rayworth. So we, Sophie treated, oh, my God, that hurt. Uh, there was also uh, Labour politician Ed Balls, Andy Burnham and Sadiq Khan posing for, for selfies. But they, you know, listen, they did it. They did it. Uh, Alan Titchmarsh has dug his heels in and hit back at celebrities who have dubbed the delights of gardening a pastime for older people. <laughs> fighting talk indeed, ladies and gentlemen. In a swipe against Jeremy Clarkson, Titchmarsh said gardening was energising and every bit as thrilling as the roar of a Ferrari. Yes, Clarkson had suggested gardening was a pointless way of passing the time until you die. Yes, but he's known for being a bit stupid, isn't he? He just comes out with silly little things. You know, and I don't even know why people bother quoting him. Who's interested? The only thing that Jeremy Clarkson can actually do is look a little bit fat and bloated and neanderthal, come up with stupid things and appear on a a programme that was so pointless... It uh it ran out of steam years ago. You know, three men driving cars. What's the exciting about that? Uh Malcolm says, Have you seen the show Off Their Rockers? Um is this the elderly people doing things which are a little bit sort of near the knuckle, I think. Yes. I have seen I have seen it a little bit. I don't, I'm not um not really sort of a hundred percent into programmes like that. I find it Still a little bit uh, a little bit bad. Uh, the heroes of Bomber Command still flying high. And here they are at the RAF Museum. The reunion, they were gathering again. The last remaining veteran bomber boys have gathered together to raise money to pay for the monument to their fallen colleagues. And um, it, it is a fantastic monument, if you've seen it, just up by uh, High Park. Just opposite the Hard Rock Cafe. You can't miss it. It's huge. And it's well worth seeing. And this, uh, it's a, a little group of men. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, one One woman. 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 16 of them. And that's about 70 years after their finest hour. And they're still there. Fantastic. Kevin the Miltman says, I listened to the adamant in conversation as I was driving to the dairy last night. Totally agree. It could have easily lasted a couple of hours. And well done to Simon. My rota man at the dairy who did the marathon yesterday and was good enough not to beat my personal best for it. Just to warn everybody, I've just been up the Seven Sisters Road to do an odd call that I do on a Monday uh, only. and The road is closed for resurfacing, but no diversion signs, so you better get the A to Z ready. Get the A to Z ready if you're going up the Seven Sisters Road. It always sounds lovely. I want to know what the origin of that is. The origin of, of the Seven Sisters Road. Do you think it... Well, I mean, I, I hate to be... Obvious about it, but you think it was because seven sisters lived up there or something like that? Are you right this morning? i not happy. OK, have a good weekend? look like you sort of, you know, lost a fiver and found a penny or something. Tunbridge Wells. What What about Tunbridge Wells? You were there, were you? For what reason? Visiting. What, people in a home or something? Oh, right. And Tunbridge, what's, what's Tunbridge? Oh, Tunbridge Wells is famous, of course, for the water. Isn't it because of the wells, the wells of Tunbridge the Spring Water? Oh right, is it, is it pretty there? Have I been to Tunbridge Wells? Oh, I've been to Tunbridge Wells. I've driven there. We went there for a day out, didn't we? I have to keep reminding myself. Got quite a pretty little high street, hasn't it? And sort of lots of little sort of tacky shop. And um, and so a lot of lot of. It, I always thought it was fairly well-heeled Tunbridge Wells. Isn't it royal Tunbridge Wells? Mm. That was where we went into a restaurant, and uh, I because I, I I live and work in London, so if I'm going out to to actually sort of go into a restaurant, I'm not, I'm not waiting, I'm going into the restaurant, I want to sit down and eat, and so we, so we go into the restaurant, there was only, um, there was only two of us, I think it was me and my bank manager, we decided to go to Tunbridge Wells for the day, and so we go into this restaurant, and, um, it looked quite nice, there were lots of sort of empty tables, and so I said, oh, it's um, for two, because they always look at you as if they can't count, so you have to tell them, two, you know because they, they still look at you a bit balmy, because they, they, sometimes, just to really annoy them, I always go, yeah, there's another 36, and so they're just doing the coach around the corner. And then they... then it, Don't ever do it to a Polish girl in there, because they don't do irony. They don't understand what you'd... They, they, they think you'd... And she well, we don't have tables. You know, and so... you No, it's a joke. Oh. Why? And so, so you have to go through that, that process. Anyway, so we I said, uh, table for two, and she looked around, she went... I've got nothing at the moment. Would like to wait at the bar for 15 minutes? Pfft, I don't think so, dear. I really don't think so. What do you mean you've got no tables? There's loads of tables here. There's are not tables outside? No, there's people coming in for those. Oh, right, OK. It's all right, we go somewhere else, love. I'm not that bothered. So we went to another restaurant. Now, that was very nice. Mark says, uh, regarding the Malaysian plane, the searchers don't even know where the haystack is, never mind the needle. Yeah, they're just not going to find it, are they? And now we've had five weeks. This thing cannot be pinging any more. It only pings for two weeks, so it's now five weeks. Oh, look, a lovely picture in the paper of who is this airbrushed woman trying to make her look less chavvy? Oh, apparently it's the latest Colleen Rooney modelling her new swim ca- co- her swimwear collection. As if Colleen Rooney could ever design any swimwear. It's a load of old rubbish, isn't it? It's appealing to the uh, the lowest common denominator. And so here she is. She's in a. It's some sort of magazine. And her beauty tip for this summer, as if you'd ever asked Colleen Rooney for beauty tips. She says, uh, natural makeup and fresh-looking skin are my beauty tips. Shame it doesn't work for poor old uh, hubby, does it? The man with the dead shredded wheat on his head. Poor soul, honestly. So here she is, modelling her swimwear collection. And so they've tried to make her look sort of sophisticated. But as you know, she's Chief Chav. She's Chief Chav. But oh, her and old Wayne... Lovely couple they are, but they're just major chaps, I'm afraid. Uh, more on David Beckham and more on poor old Posh's party for 40. Which is very interesting because none of the Spice Girls are invited. She's not invited the Spice Girls. She said she just wanted close friends. So it's Gordon Ramsay and his wife, Tanner, again, and her agent, Simon Fuller, and Eva Longoria, who's about as boring as they come, and a few other people. And uh, she just wants a low-key event. So they're going to a local restaurant. I thought we were going to be treated to some sort of real big fashion Easter thing with Tom Cruise in it. Do you think Tom Cruise is going to be sitting down at Victoria Beckham's birthday anytime soon? I don't think so. Anyway, coming up at uh, the controversial West End show, Book of Mormon was the big winner at last night's Olivier Theatre Awards. And a survey's found that Anton Decker be the most popular uncles. From LBC, I'm Steve Allen. All of that is next. This is LBC leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850 Steve Allen on LBC. Good morning. Don't want to ruin your day and tell you it's Monday. I could fib. I could tell you it's a public holiday today and you don't have to go to work, but it's not the truth. I'm afraid the truth of the, of the matter is that it is Monday morning. Uh, the Book of Mormon, the big winner at the Olivier Theatre Awards. It won four prizes, including Best New Musical. Jude Law missed out on Best Actor, although to Rory Kinnear for his role as Othello, while Dame Judi Dench was also overlooked in the Best Actress category. Simon Cowell is apparently the celebrity most kids would like as their granddad. Uh, David Walliams and Olly Murs featured. And a survey. This is just asking people about the X Factor Then It's all the people from the X Factor. So we don't believe that. From LBC... It's Steve Allen. It's Monday morning. and We take all your texts and tweets between now and 6.30. (laughs) Our old James Corden is in the paper today. He found presenting the Brit Awards a nightmare at times. Poor soul, honestly. (laughs) We like James Corden. Uh, There's this programme... uh, Well, not the programme, it's all the feature in the paper today about super rats. Super rats, and uh, they're enormous. I mean, they're about the size of cats. Now, whether or not they've been photographed to make them look bigger, I don't know. Apparently they gorge on food dumped in bins at takeaways. Well, we're just we're just full of takeaways, aren't we now? That's all it is. I mean, if you were a, a that's why we've got so many pigeons, so many flying rats, and then you've got the rats on the ground and it's all to do with the fact that that there's so much rubbish food out there and also the fact that the hygiene standards of some of these fast food places are not exactly what you would like to think they should be, which is a which is a shame. A lot of people talk about Britain's got talent uh, because it got uh, good figures. I predict they will drop As, once again, you realise it's a very contrived programme. But the one thing that they were saying about is that uh, they had an owl on there. So you bring a wild animal onto the stage and it was frozen on the spot. It didn't do anything. Declan Donnelly thought it was hilarious, whereas a lot of people... Um, are very unhappy about it. The RSPCA's senior scientific officer, Ross Club said, considering the flashing lights and loud noises from the audience and buzzers, it's not surprising the owl didn't perform as the owner expected. Welfare of the animals should be paramount. And so they've said at Britain's Got Talent, they did. They sort of, they took the noise down and uh, they dimmed the lights and they lowered the sound of the buzzers as well as freezing the graphics. Still didn't want to do it. So they laughed at it. They laughed at it because it just sat there. I mean, you might, you might as well have sat your granny on a perch and gone, come on, do something. It didn't do anything at all. Uh, this man has been rescuing owls more than 20 years. He says, uh, if I'd considered Rocky to be uh, in distress, I wouldn't have put him on the stage. And if he'd been distressed in any way, he would have taken flight and left the stage. Well, he was paralysed with fear. Poor thing. It's no good rescuing owls and then turning into performing animals. You know, I mean, what, what next? You know, going out there and getting foxes to do tricks for you. I mean, I just just don't like it. I just don't like it. I mean, magicians use them. And there is a a really great guy who does uh, huge birds. Uh, He does eagles, I think, which he sends them out into the audience. And they literally fly all the way round. And, in fact, if you go to London Zoo, you can see them there. They have uh, parrots which fly and sit above the audience's head. You have to be very careful where you're sitting because parrots are prone to doing things. In fact, it's actually part of the act which they uh, they do there. But, I mean, I don't want to see it on television. I don't want to see it on, on television. I just, you know, it's, it's supposed to be Britain's Got Talent, not Animals Have Got talents. So that's a different programme. That's a different programme, I think. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Seven Sisters is called Seven Sisters because seven oak trees were planted as they grew. They were given a nickname, the Seven Sisters, hence the name of the area. Well, that's what my stepfather told me. It might not be word for word correct. <laughs> Yeah, I suspect maybe not. And somebody says, come on, Steve, Colleen Rooney is stunningly good-looking. Well, for a chav, yeah. You know, in in terms of chav, she's probably great, but it's all airbrushing. You know when she goes out to the races with her even chavier friends that she's had a professional makeup artist in. I like the idea that uh, restaurants now vet you before you go in there. They want to make sure that you're the right person. (laughs) I'm all in in favour of that kind of thing. But uh, here it is, the city executive... He's been fair dodging for five years. Uh, let's just call him what he is. He's a crook. Over five years, this fund manager avoided buying a £21.50 ticket each day when travelling from his home in the sought-after village of Stonegate in East Sussex. I see this as only being tomorrow till his picture is in all, the, in all the newspapers. He's believed to be the biggest fair dodger in history. He exploited a loophole that let him pay only a third of the cost of his one-hour, 22-minute journey. What he did was, he caught the commuter train from Stonegate, a rural station with no barriers, without purchasing a ticket. So he gets on the train with no ticket. Once in London, he was able to pass through the barriers at Cannon Street by simply tapping out with an Oyster travel card, paying just £7.20. His scam was finally exposed by a ticket inspector in November. In an out-of-court settlement, the man paid southeastern trains... £42,550 in dodged fares and £450 legal fees. The rail firm told the Sunday Times he wanted his identity kept secret due to the impact it would have on his job. But critics questioned why he was allowed to avoid being prosecuted and remain anonymous. He's going to be in all the papers tomorrow. I warn you now, little man in Stonegate in East Sussex, because all the papers are put out... um, an appeal to people, do you know who this fair dodger is? Email us at this address, and that's what they're all asking. By tomorrow, this, uh, this hedge fund, it won't take them long. I promise you, they you know, can't find a plane, but we'll find a fair dodger very quickly. I mean, Manuel Cortez, leader of the TSSA Rail Union, said it's not only extraordinary that the biggest fair dodger in railway history got away with it for so long, but also he's now escaped criminal prosecution as well because he settled out of court. I I bet you by tomorrow morning I'll be saying to you at about this time, if not sooner, here is this man, this is what his name is, and he's the biggest fare dodger because he exploited a loophole. He got on the train because there were no barriers. You can't do that at um, at Twickenham. You've got to go through the barriers, although Brian will tell you that some of the students try and push themselves through two or three at a time before the barrier closes again. And uh, and those ones get caught. I I only like it at Twickenham when they have the police there. (laughs) I could sit there all day. I bet you, Nick, come here, show us your pass. Right, that's out of date. There's loads of them do it. They just get on the train and they hope that they don't get stopped. This man settled out of court, £43,000. He knew he was wrong. He's part of a... He's he's a a fund manager. So I'm assuming he's got loads of money, but he he, he decided he was not going to do it. So all he did, he just got off at Cannon Street, went through the barrier with an Oyster card. It's amazing, isn't it, really? But I guarantee you, by tomorrow morning... Little man from Stonegate in East Sussex, you will be named and shamed. I bet you anything, they'll be taking pictures down at Stonegate tomorrow morning. If I was you, I'd get a car or find another way in because they're going to. Because you know what they're going to do? They're going to say, this is the fare dodger. This is the £2 million house he lives in, and he was still dodging fares. Why is it that the rich people are the ones who cheat? When a lot of shoplifters get caught, they've all got money on them to buy things, they've got the money on them to pay for things. And yet they choose to actually, to actually, you know, not pay. There's some thrill, isn't there, in stealing. I've never quite see- I always worry about the fact that if you did pinch anything, you're going to be, you're going to be caught. And if you're caught, then you get a criminal record. And as this man admitted the fact that uh, he had been dodging fares for years, and he's paid back the money. I mean, great that he's paid back the money, but he's going to be named and shamed. And the worst thing is, if he's got children, that's going to impact on them as well. They, they're quite clearly the court, in their in their own reason, decided to grant him anonymity. Well, they said, you know, we won't identify you from this. It'll be a matter of court record. You'll, you'll find it there as well. Um, who was talking about scouts earlier on? Was it Ollie talking about the scouts? Was this because there's a new badge out for selfies? Is, it, is that what it was? Right. And you, and you can what? Get a badge for photography? Oh, really? But you've always been able to get a photography badge in the scouts, I always thought. But anyway, modern scouts require modern skills, and now uh, you learn how to send emails, use smartphones, and even post selfies online. And so there are 19 new badges. Uh, tasks will range from learning how to post photographs they've taken online to assisting disability access in public buildings. Also a badge for geocaching, which is similar to orienteering, but involves locating a series of waypoints using GPS and Bear Grylls, the chief scout, we liked Bear Grylls. He remembered my name two days later. I always think that's quite an achievement. Uh, throughout the 107-year history, the scouting movement has continued to evolve. These new badges make sure we can keep offering activities that educate and enthuse young people. I was watching. I went online this morning. I like to watch something that inspires me or makes me cry. So I'm either going to watch Only Boys Aloud singing Kalon Lan, or at at, uh, any of their their concerts, because I feel I know so many of them now, especially after they sang me a happy birthday on the programme, which was very nice. Uh, But then I went on this morning and I typed in on YouTube, best marching band, and I got a band from Ohio. Now, for years, I looked after the New Year's Day parade. I was one of a series of commentators, and there would be 10,000 people taking part, marching bands from all over America, where it is considered to be one of the highest honours to be part of the school marching band. And in Ohio, they have one of the biggest marching bands I've ever seen from America. And they are so disciplined and they are so... I mean, these people would travel hundreds and hundreds of miles, get here and look immaculate for the New Year's Day parade in London. And it's well worth seeing because they're so good. So if you go onto YouTube and type in Marching Band Ohio and you watch these kids in this formation, I mean, there must be six or 700 of them. They're all immaculate. They're all perfectly skilled. They can all play their instruments. They, they do, you know, they're just brilliant. They're just absolutely brilliant. I couldn't think of anything that was that was that good. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk, and we shall weave everything in on the programme this morning. Coming up, do mothers feel guilty for having to go to work and leave the children at home? LBC News Time. It's 5.15. Catch Duncan Barks nightly on LBC 97.3. It's 19 minutes past 6. Nick Ferrari is back from his holiday. I'm still taking bets on the. Uh, I've got the Dulux colour chart on uh, what, he, what colour he's going to be back from his holiday. Does he do sunbathing? I don't know if Nick does sunbathing. I'm not sure if he does. What's the matter? Why are you looking like that? Sorry? Oh, right. Have I said something wrong? Oh, right. As Michael. Gove prepares to send inspectors into schools where it's feared Islamic uh, conservatism is damaging children's education. Nick will be asking how serious a problem is this for our schools. Plus, former Deputy Speaker Nigel Evans claims that his court case has bankrupt him. And the CPS... Oh, dear. And the CPS should pay his legal fees. Is it fair? Now, I we had this discussion last week on the programme. Because Nigel Evans had said this last week, and he'd said because he was found innocent of all the charges, shouldn't he get his money back? And I thought, in my heart of hearts, yes, of course he should. But then I thought, no, wait a minute. He's employed counsel. He's employed a legal team. They've had to do the work. Now, unless they can then claim it back from the Crown Prosecution Service, I don't see how it's going to work, because he effectively has employed somebody. So, in other words, if I employ Sam to be counsel... It's unlikely, but if I did, you know, and I pay him a fee, he's not going to be giving the fee back to me unless he's going to be getting it from somewhere else because his company would have had to have put in all the all the work. And so I'm assuming that Nigel Evans's counsel have had to put in a lot of time and a lot of groundwork to make sure that they knew exactly that he was innocent. So somebody's got to pay for it. And unless the CPS have some facility for paying if people are found innocent, you don't get it back. Now, this stemmed from... William Roach, he said exactly the same. He said, I want my money back. I want my money back because, you know, I've been found not guilty. I was innocent of these charges. It's very interesting. The Mail today are running with a a new book. And this story has been doing the rounds for some time. It's a new book, which is about Cyril Smith, the former Rochdale MP. Uh, Cyril Smith was a, a giant of a man. But he apparently was known to the police as an abuser. And the story goes that he was caught with child porn in the boot of his car, um, and he was arrested. He was taken to the police station and arrested, but then word came from on high they were to release him immediately, and certain police officers were threatened with all sorts of things if they didn't leave him alone. So people knew about it for some time. A former detective, Paul Fulston, said it was the bloody system protecting their own. Now... I'd heard about Cyril Smith years ago because you hear about things about MPs and I always thought he was very he was a big person. Uh some people say that they were abused in the commons. Now his family is saying listen he's not here to defend himself but the police have issued statements saying that he was questioned. Um he did find Lots of boys on... To be honest with you, I don't know what on earth would ever attract you to some gargantuan man mountain in the first place. He used to go round and pick people up in all sorts of places, including people in the House of Commons. Because as I pointed out before, on this programme last week, the House of Commons is self-regulating. They have no HR department. So in other words, if you went to work for an MP there and something uh, happened, you've got nowhere to go. Because he is your employer. They don't have any other system. You go to any other big company, they've got an HR department. You go there, it's human resources, and if you've got a grievance and you say, this has happened to me or that's happened to me, then it's dealt with. In the House of Commons, they've got 600 individual employers. 600 people who employ people on their own basis. You have no recourse. And so that's why, over the years, there have been a number of people who probably have been abused there, whether it's men, women, or whoever it happens to be. It's people who actually actually get abused, but they don't do anything about it. Now this book has come out about Cyril Smith and how the police force were forced to let him off the hook, there are certain people coming forward to say, we're going to sue the Lib Dems for allowing this abuse to go on, because people knew. I mean, people must have known. It was fairly common knowledge about Cyril Smith. But it, and, and, and again, I accept the fact that these were different times. You know, people didn't call it abuse. In the Nigel Evans case, you know, people just said, well, most of them, that's why the whole thing collapsed like a pack of cards, that they didn't think there was anything the matter. Most of it was consensual. In fact, most of it was. I'm the one person who said, you know, that uh, he said, I I told him stop, and he did. He was just somebody who enjoyed a few drinks, and, and when he enjoyed a few drinks, he got a bit flirty. And as we pointed out on the programme last week, if every time or any person in this country had a few drinks and became a bit flirty with somebody at work, and it was illegal, the whole country would be in court. The whole country were being caught. Because everybody's done it. People become very tactile when they've had a few drinks. Everybody does it. You know, I have to hold my hands up. I have a few drinks. I become tactile. At my party the other week, you know, you have this few people there who had a few more drinks than I had. And people become tactile. People put their arms around you go, really love you and all that. And you think, now, is that abuse? No. Of course it's not. It's just people being affectionate. I think we've kind of missed the word affectionate. In the case of Cyril Smith, this was sex. This was, you know, having sex with... I mean, one man, I don't know why, if you know somebody's reputation, why you'd want to get in a car with him, I've got no idea. And he went back repeatedly. I don't quite understand why you would keep going back repeatedly, having complained about the abuse the first time round. But the book is uh, coming out. Uh, In fact, I think it's out already. And I'm sure that people will be talking about it. Because if the police knew about it... And people in the Commons knew about it, and senior politicians knew about it. Where did that call come from to the police station to say, release him, and no charges will be, we'll be proffered against him? Who made that call? Was that from a senior... Lib- Where did it come from? Was it a senior Liberal? Who knows? I'm sure that all will be unravelled over the, uh, the weeks. Uh, do you like Bear Grylls? Of course, he's great. She's absolutely great. She's wonderful. Uh, and somebody says here most elderly people don't have or understand the internet. Well, no, they absolutely do. There are more silver surfers now. I've got, I've got probably a good percentage of my audience who are silver surfers who know how to use the internet, know how to use smartphones. They know everything. Do not write elderly people off as being stupid. They're very, very clever. Very, very clever. Eight four eight five O. Steve at lbc dot co dot uk, and uh, and that's it. Uh, somebody says you don't need two holidays a year. How many holidays a year do people have? Do you remember at one time you had your one big holiday a year, and then you maybe fit in a small one? So you would do an Easter break where you'd go to Paris or go somewhere else like that. I'm going away uh, to Brussels only for a day because you know, it'll be after I finish the program on the Friday. Not this. I don't know when it is actually. It's coming up soon, I think. Uh, But I don't do big holidays. I get bored on holidays. It's okay if you've got kids. If you've got children, you want to go away on on holiday. And you want to go away and you want to enjoy yourself. But you want to go away for a bit of sun. You don't want to go away for a miserable overcast day. That's why I can't understand why David Cameron chose Lanzagrotti. You know, I can't think of a more boring place to go to. It's Dullsville. It really is absolutely awful. Uh, Talking of awful, we found another one. It's a girl who wrote... An offensive Facebook post about a boy um, who's been hanged. He hanged himself. And um, it's just dreadful. She's been held over this because, you know, if you tweet something that is seemed and deemed to be offensive, the police will prosecute on high very, very quickly. And so this is a girl of 17. This poor boy was found in Woodlands. And so they've arrested this 17-year-old girl. It's impossible to describe the, the grief that his family are going through, not helped by this stupid woman. Stupid woman, obviously of limited intelligence. I don't know why people think that they can write something on Facebook and get away with it. Because you can be traced. The moment you send a text, you know, an email from your computer, your identification comes up. You can be you can be caught immediately. And this girl, I mean, either she's immensely stupid or she's on drugs. To write something that is so grossly offensive that the police decide to take her into custody and she will be prosecuted and she will probably go go to some youth offender's place and that's, uh, she's effectively ruined her life because she's stupid. Ridiculous. The owl on Britain's Got Talent, Steve, was much more entertaining than anything Joey Essex has ever done. I don't think Joey Essex has ever done anything entertaining, unfortunately. I don't call being stupid entertaining in this day and age. I really don't. Uh, I just think it's, uh, it's another sort of Jade Goody thing. We laugh at the pitifully stupid people on the television, the people who come up with the daftest things, like, you know, I've never blown my nose, I can't tell the time. I mean, you know, you don't want to sort of highlight your stupidity, because it just makes you look even worse, I'm afraid. You know, I know three-year-olds who know how to tell the time, so, so very, very worrying when you read of a, a so-called adult who claims that he can't. Uh, in Canada, if found not guilty, you can file a claim against the Crown or against anyone who takes you to court and loses the case. Uh, you're then subject to the judgment. One would think, says Jean Edmonton, that any of these people should be able to place claims through the court. Yet, yeah, well, somebody's got to pay for it at the end of the day. And if it's going to be the Crown Prosecution Service, if their case collapses, then they should be made to pay. Why should somebody else be made to pay for it? I don't quite understand. Nigel Evans says, you know, he's, he's now broke. He's got no money left. He spent £130,000. Dave Lee Travis sold his house to pay for his court costs because court costs are astronomical. And they don't seem to qualify for legal aid. I don't know why they don't qualify for legal aid, because there's all sorts of strange people who seem to get it, and they seem to be in a better financial position than everybody else. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Apparently, the polystyrene used on buildings is cheap. It's a great insulator, easy to handle, as is treated with fire retardant, says Tom. Well, I've never seen it before. It's only because a lorry load of this stuff turned up, and it's now halfway down the high street as the people who are putting it on there obviously have no intention of clearing up after themselves, which always annoys me. I do hate uncaring builders. Coming up, could Doreen Lawrence be the next London mayor? LBC News Time. It's 5.30. Steve Allen on LBC. 29 minutes to 6. Morning, Monday morning. Trying to sound cheerful about it. Not really working, I'm afraid. Not really working at all. Uh, allotments... Allotments are in the news today. They're a passionate bunch, allotment keepers, passionate about nurturing their fruit and veg. So when the question of who should oversee allotments came up on the meeting at one parish council meeting, it's perhaps not a surprise that they saw red. The ensuing row became so heated, the police had to be called to calm the situation. The drama unfolded ahead of... Oh, wait a minute. This is the cheap publicity for the BBC programme, The Big Allotment Challenge. In other words, they've run out of cooking programmes. run out of rubbish antique programmes, so now you've got the big allotment thing. And so in order to get some some sort of publicity, they have to sort of come up with some story that that, that the police were called because it became terribly heated. Uh, More than 20 villagers were thrown out of Edwinstow Parish Council's monthly meeting after tempers flared when the council said it would be taking over management of the allotments. Residents of the Nottinghamshire village branded the council corrupt believing it was going to sell or evict tenants from their plots, which the council denies. After calling the police, Chairman Celia Brooks was eventually forced to close the meeting because she was so worried violence was going to break out. Good Lord, Nottinghamshire Police confirmed they were called out to reports of disruption at the meeting and said they will be speaking to those involved. My God, they're a rowdy lot, those people who have the allotments nowadays. A little bit worrying. I was more worried. I don't particularly worry about allotments. I'm more worried about the amount of dogs which are being stolen every year. What sort of person would steal a dog, ladies and gentlemen? There are certain groups of people uh, who do thieve dogs. They see them on the television. I've never understood why we have the Antiques Roadshow. In the early days of the Antiques Roadshow, I could understand it. People showing their prized possessions, and somebody says, this beautiful piece of furniture, oh, £30,000. And I think you've actually gone on television showing would-be burglars exactly what you've got and people can find you very easily so when people go on television and they have dogs and they have kennels i've seen it time and time again i think on one of the country file programs they had a a man who had to put security in because again somebody had been in and stolen his dogs i can only hazard a guess as to what sort of group of people would steal dogs but this time there's a twenty pound crufts champion and four other chihuahuas these these people smashed their way into the owner's home and, of course, most people nowadays do not have CCTV. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, I think it's absolutely necessary to have CCTV. You can buy camera systems very cheaply now. And for anybody who's got a a farm or somewhere where you keep anything valuable, like animals, you know, if you've got a craft champion, you immediately, I would have thought it would have been a, a part of the insurance. You would make sure you've got some sort of t- CCTV. Now, Best Puppy in Breed is a 14-month-old Xena, at the dog show last month was taken along with her mother, grandmother and two other pets. Together they were worth 32,000 pounds for breeding purposes, you understand. The couple fear the thieves will harm the animals once they realize they're impossible to sell because they're microchipped. They wouldn't worry about that. They just want to keep them. They wouldn't they wouldn't be trying to sell them. They'd be keeping them. These are thieves. These are thieves. Apparently Zena was the first Crufts winner to be bred by Mr Hilton, who fears she may be unable to return to the ring if not handled properly. Uh, the Raiders used an iron bar to smash a window at his home between 9.30 in the morning and 4.50 last Thursday. And uh, the dog, they say, was stolen for breeding because of her value for the puppies. So in other words, what you do is you just uh, presumably breed for it and then you sell you sell the puppies on. And it's very difficult. But again, because it's a chipped dog, it can be traced it can be traced. There are there are ways and means of finding out, because somebody at some point is going to be offering chihuahuas for sale, and because these are so valuable, the police will become involved. Can't wait to see what sort of person it is that they've actually found at the end of the day who steals... It's, it's, a, it's the way that people smash into somebody's house, so somebody locally would know. I mean, I wouldn't know if anybody in Twickenham was breeding dogs at home. I wouldn't know if anybody had a champion. So these people must be known, mustn't they? Somebody, somebody goes out there and they... And they lose their dogs, and it happens all the time. I've heard of cases, even worse cases, down in Essex, of uh, people... Let's just call them people, shall we, for the purposes of this programme. Steal somebody's dog and then post a note through the door of the house... Going, if you want your dog back, it's going to cost you £500. And these people have to pay up. It depends if you want your dog back. If you don't want the dog back anyway. You know, I suppose the easiest thing to keep the dog, you keep it. Do what you like with it. But I have heard of lots of cases... Of people stealing dogs. Not to order, they just want to thieve them and hold them to ransom. Low life people, I think we have to call them. Again, for the purposes of this programme. Uh, Lee says had a fantastic weekend working in the garden, which now looks wonderful. You must be a, a very, very a very, very old person. Jeremy Clarkson says only old people do gardening, which of course is absolute rubbish and the man's a the man's a behemoth, ladies and gentlemen. He has no idea. No idea about it. Of course, you can't imagine Jeremy Clarkson ever actually doing anything like pushing a lawnmower around. It was the other time. There was a really lovely picture in the paper. He had a bad back, apparently. His wife had to carry the suitcases. So there's not really much he can do himself, I'm afraid. But then, you know, that's that's what he does. He comes up with stupid statements, like a bit like Katie Hopkins. So, uh, uh, so very nicely. So well done there. Somebody says, uh, very insulting show. Today, I'm a security guard and love Lanzarote. I think you kind of dug your own grave on that one, haven't you, really? A security guard. think <laughs> sec- What is a security guard? It's somebody who... D- we, we went the other day. Very cruel to say this, and I, I mean this very much. We went to Harrods. And um, we like going through there because if you go through... For the, if, if you go in the, the front door of Harrods, for... Miles, it seems to me, is handbags. I didn't realise that women needed so many handbags, but that's all they've got. Handbags. We went through one department, handbags. Next, next, next room, handbags. It just goes on and on. Everybody from Lulu Guinness to Stella McCartney, everybody. Handbags. Huge prices on handbags. Eventually, we get to the perfume department, which is a lot of people standing there, slightly intimidating. I'd rather they were sort of not just standing there in line. You have to, it's like you have to walk down the middle of them. But the funniest thing is all the men who are demonstrating the perfume. 90% of whom I thought were wearing full makeup, and it because it's either that or the lighting in there is particularly bizarre because everybody is a bit coiffured. All the men are wearing dark suits, as yes, you'd never get in, Sam. I mean, I'm really coiffured. And they did look, and a friend of mine said, he said, should we go up to one of them and go, if you'd studied better at school, you might have had a better job than standing there doing a, per- like, a perfume test. Tss like that it was it was the funniest thing ever i recommend it on a sunday it's a great thing to do um it's our 14th wedding wedding anniversary says michelle and uh, can you wish my hubby a good day at work what you're actually sending him off to work good grief on it is no end to it he goes off to work on your wedding anniversary day are you going to be doing a special meal tonight it's what people do for wedding anniversaries don't they don't go out stay in far more exciting to stay in uh steve mp shouldn't be drinking whilst working I see brewery deliveries made to the Houses of Parliament. Alcohol delivered three times a week there. But they're only working 150 days a year. If they want to get boozed up, do it in their own time. Well, it's part of the part of the social structure of the House of Commons. The the terrace bar there is very popular. They invite people in and they do enjoy a few drinks. And because a lot of them live locally, so many of them are down at Dolphin Square, a bit further down the road, then they happen to stay there and they get cars home so they can get booze. And it's cheap. Very, very cheap booze at the House of Commons. I've, I've only ever been invited once and I didn't, I didn't take them up on the offer. But drinking is part of the culture. It's like journalism and drinking. It goes hand in hand. It doesn't... It doesn't not go hand in hand. I mean, Fleet Street was an absolute hotbed of alcoholics. In fact, I can name you about six television newsreaders in their day famous who went on air drunk. In fact, some of them you could actually see were drunk. They, it was well known because there were there were boozers all over Fleet Street. Still are, but the... The newspaper industry has disappeared from down there, which is, a, which is a bit of a shame. Lloyd Grossman's come under a bit of attack in the papers. Um, and this is because he's uh, selling a pasta sauce incorrectly labelled as suitable for vegetarians. The ingredients of the TV chef's creamy mushroom and thyme sauce include uh, Parmigiano Reggiano or Parmesan cheese made with rennet, which contains an enzyme from the stomach lining of calves. The gaffe was spotted by the food website, Can I Eat It? And uh, somebody said it was an abuse of consumer trust. Somebody has not done their homework. Premier Foods, which make the sauce, Mr Grossman, said the labelling was an unfortunate error that was being corrected. So, in other words, it's a vegetarian sauce that isn't vegetarian because it's got rennet in it. So, because it's parmesan cheese, which has got this enzyme from the stomach lining of calves, you wouldn't know, would you? (coughs) I feel quite queasy now. (coughs) Excuse me. Oh, God, I feel even worse. Hang on. Mm. A bit better. See, I wouldn't even know that. See, I, I don't know where I thought Parmesan cheese came from, but I would have no idea that it's an enzyme from the stomach lining of calves. Why would you know that kind of thing? Why would you know that kind of thing? You wouldn't until I've now told you. So it's the creamy mushroom and thyme sauce. Not suitable for vegetarians, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Colin says Westminster the lawless society of politicians who think they can get away with murder well in fact they do on many occasions <laughs> they do not quite murder but they they certainly get away with quite a lot because of their self regulating that's the that's the problem that they have and in the case of presumably you're highlighting Cyril Smith I don't know how long ago Cyril Smith died some years ago but uh, now there's a book come out because somebody's thought no wait a minute if there were a number of people who were abused uh see there's there was never a book written on Jimmy Savile was there I don't remember a book being written on Jimmy Savile. It just sort of it just emerged over a period of, of days, weeks, months, and now going back years. In the case of Cyril Smith, there's a book written uh by another MP, I think. I think it might be an MP. So that's why it's running in the papers today. And that's why the Daily Mail have an interest in it, because they're saying how was he allowed to get away with it for so long? And uh, why? I mean, to be honest with you, they haven't thought about the family because they're quite clearly not thinking about the family. How you could ever bring a prosecution, uh, I don't know, but there are certain people who said that they're going to be suing the Lib Dems because quite clearly somebody knew, in fact probably quite a number of people knew at Westminster and within the party, that Cyril Smith liked boys. It's, uh, it it wasn't, uh, wasn't exactly the best kept uh, secret, I'm afraid. Uh, Brian says, feeling a bit uh, peckish on early Saturday afternoon, I called into Bill's which is, that's a chain, actually. We have a Bill's up the road from there. They do a very good breakfast. And he said, I had a, a chicken burger, grilled chicken, with a regular filter coffee, £13.25. He said, uh, very nice surroundings, but the price, yes, it's, it's eating out is quite expensive. We, when we went to Harrods, we had um, um a frozen yoghurt. And they do it fresh there, but it's not true. Really. And what they do is, they sort of, they've got all these different... Um, fillings you can have, you know, strawberries or mango or pine nuts or caramel or little marshmallows and things like that. And they put it in and so I had strawberry and banana. I shouldn't have had it, because it sends me completely round the bend. And so we had this and then they put this frozen yogurt on the top and then they whisk it up and they pour it into a glass. And for two of them it was fourteen pound twenty five. Which seems like kind of a lot for frozen yogurt to me. See, I I would have expected three pounds each, but I think they were six pounds fifty each. Plus a little bit extra, because I, uh, I think a friend of mine had a, had an extra topping. I remember thinking, £14.50, I and it's not cheap, is it? And I only mention it because we've got one of these places opening in Twickenham. It's been ages opening. I don't know whether I've had some problem getting the fridges in on the machines. I don't know, but uh, we've got a frozen yoghurt place coming in. I'm hoping that the prices aren't going to be anything like that, because it'll collapse very quickly. We've got a number of businesses opening up, for the, including the high street. They seem to be decimating the high street, so I've had to move where I'm being picked up in the morning. Only for, only, for int- only for the purpose of safety, I think. Uh, I so agree, says Sharon. Everybody entering the UK should have health insurance. Recently in, in hospital, I met a Ukrainian here for a few months, getting a pension and a Russian claiming asylum. Neither from the EU. Well, it's, it's the easy thing to do, isn't it? But I think we have to stop what are called the hospital aircraft that come in. You know, people who are deliberately getting on a plane, knowing they've got serious illnesses, and immediately checking themselves into hospital, getting all the free treatment, and, and then not paying one penny piece. I think people should have to contribute uh, to the cost of their treatment. Uh, 84850, Connie says, you mentioned you interviewed Stevie Wonder in Vienna. Will you be seeing him in concert on Clapham Common? No, I'm hoping they're going to release it on DVD. I'm hoping that Adam Ant is going to be releasing his show on DVD as well. This is Dirk Wears White Socks, which he's doing at the Apollo in Hammersmith next Saturday night, which I think will be absolutely fantastic. Um, Clarkson would say such stupid things. comes down to cars and men's body parts and things like that. Bigger the car, as you know. Uh, My dog... Would have wagged his tail and wanted stroking if a burglar entered the house, says James. Saying that, though, he growled at me if I tickled the end of his tail. Well, don't tickle the end of his tail. That's the, that's the, that's the sound advice there. But th- this is the trouble. Dogs will actually go up... Unless they're trained as a guard dog. LBC News time. It's uh, quarter to six. Steve Allen on LBC. The minutes two, uh, six. So the railfare dodger is a fund manager, says Martin. So he's trusted to manage other people's money. How reassuring! This man needs to be named, shamed, and face the full force of the law. And shame on the rail company for doing a deal. Well, I don't think it was so much the rail company. I think it was the court, who, because he settled out of court, he's asked that they uh, they 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 don't name him. Well, they're going to. I predict by tomorrow morning they will have a picture of this man's house. I mean, he obviously clearly underestimates the press. This isn't <coughs> excuse me somebody who. Just forgot to pay the fare a couple of times. This is a fare dodger, ladies and gentlemen, if you've just joined us, who for five years was fiddling his fare. And for five years, he was getting on the train, which had no barriers at his station, so he could get on without buying a ticket. Quite clearly no ticket inspectors, unless he hid in the toilet. And he was coming up to town, getting off at Cannon Street, and then using his Oyster card, which which charged him £7.20... exit the station. So as opposed to £21 a day, he was paying £7 a day. This is a fund manager. This is somebody who is earning probably hundreds of thousands of pounds a year. He's living in a lovely village. They know where he lives. They probably have pictures of his house already. They will find out if he's married and he's got children. And by tomorrow, his his face is going to be all over the newspapers because he's a crook. He's a criminal. Uh, but because he settled out of court, £43,500, he paid it within three days. So he's obviously hoping this thing's going to go away. Pfft, think again. Think again, I'm afraid. It's not. Uh, it's just not not right that somebody should have anonymity for breaking the law. They name and shame other people. Why not him? Why not him? Especially as he's somebody who is quite easily able to pay a fine of £43,000, something which probably many of you can't. Uh, 84850, oh, steve at lbc.co.uk Girl guiding and scouting in the papers today So we've done the Lloyd Grossman source, Which isn't as vegetarian as you thought it was uh, And 13% of mothers feeling guilty about going to work This is a story that I, I offered you a short while ago uh, 13% of working mothers' questioned said they feel guilty about spending time away from home In fact, mothers with jobs were found to be more content with their lives than those who stay at home. Uh, of the nine hundred people polled, almost half, forty-eight percent, said that having a paid job made them happier. Do you think that women want to stay at home? All this? I didn't think they wanted to stay at home. You know, people want it. So only thirteen percent feel guilty about going to work. The rest of them are quite happy. People, people like that that kind of thing. People like going to work. If you're just stuck staring at four walls every day, it must drive you mad. Doing the housework, doing the cooking, doing the cleaning, doing all the usual sort of things where people go, oh, aren't you lucky to not be going to work? You go, You're you joking. I'd be more than, uh, more than happy to swap lives. Um, this is uh, one here, the man who died after completing the London Marathon. He's a 42-year-old. You see, again, it's 26 miles for good, 26.2 miles. It's a long, long way. It is a long, long way. A lot of people are talking about the uh, the story which Nick Ferrari is going to be talking about today, which is Nigel Evans, who says that the CPS should pay his legal fees. I don't know if there's anything in place for the Crown Prosecution Service to pay. If somebody's found innocent, then I think they, they, they were the ones who brought the prosecution in the first place. They were the ones who decided. It's based on their decision. They should pay if the person's found innocent. Quite clearly, it was an error of judgment. Why should that person who's been found innocent have to pay for something? You know, in £130,000, it gives you a rough idea how much lawyer... We won't find a poor lawyer in this day and age. I turned on the television the other day to watch Made in Chelsea, which is as dreary as it was first time round, I'm afraid. Even more dreary, Made now, by the fact they start putting people's parents on the programme. And so we had one of the guys on there. They're all It's, it's a bit OK, yeah, the programme. And his father's a QC, and he appeared to be vetting the girlfriend. I thought, why on earth would you want to embarrass yourself by putting yourself on the television? Couldn't quite understand it. But they all do it, don't they? Somebody did uh, say the other day there was a thing about Made... Uh, sorry, The Only Way is Essex. Saying that Lydia Dim might be going back to the programme. Obviously, life on the outside, you know, without people interested in her. Because she was so boring. Uh, the next thing is they'll be putting Lauren Goodger back on the programme. Dear Lord, hope that never happens. Hope that never happens. Because you have to get rid of these people... And, uh, and to keep it fresh. But unfortunately, fresh is the last thing it is, because we're not remotely interested in poor Arge, silly Lydia Dim, you know, who he might have. The, the reason they're going to put her back in is because he wrote in his book that he cheated on her when he was going out with her. He cheated on her with somebody and went out with Amy Childs or something ridiculous. And Lydia said, I've yet to get to the bottom of it. And all I'm thinking is, why don't you grow up? why don 't you try and be an adult as opposed to being a bit stupid about it? nobody cares about your silly little your silly little fancy flings all over the place it 's a bit a bit dim and it 's a bit boring, and so that 's why we sort of say just leave it alone, leave it alone and uh, and try and get on with your life uh, health tour- tourism is a bit difficult to stop, however, having insurance would be good if I go abroad, I have insurance just in case i don 't think I'm, I can 't go abroad without having insurance. I think the last time I went abroad because they phone up and they go, "Oh insurance is." You know, £60 at the airport, whatever it is, for a week, not for me. The last time I went abroad, uh, I phoned up, uh, because uh, interestingly, Ollie was talking about, do you use travel agents anymore? And and the answer is, a lot of people book directly on the internet, but luckily there are still a few travel agents around who will tailor make a holiday for you. They will sit down. What they don't like is when you go into a travel agent and you sit down, and they go through everything, and then people go, well, thank you very much indeed, and armed with the information, they go and book it themselves online, saving the commission. And that's how travel agents operate. That's why you don't see as many. We don't go in there and pick up brochures, because if you want to go to, say, Turkey, you type in Turkey on Google, and up will come all the companies. You can deal with the Hotel Direct, you can book it all, saving a fortune. So you are seeing travel agents' dying out a little bit which I'm terribly sad about because my friend John Warrington as you know is a travel agent but he has lots of regular well-heeled clients who go to him in particular because they want that personal service they want somebody to organize their trip they say I'm going here (coughs) and I want it to be you know perfect because you can make mistakes so anyway so if you're doing insurance if I'm going abroad because of my My ill health, I have to have insurance. The last time, I think it cost me in the region of £170 for the health insurance for a week. Because they, they, they obviously have questions. They ask you, they go, okay, so you're a diabetic. Yes. Okay, are you on tablets or insulin? Both. Okay, how much do you take? And they've obviously got to check things. So every time you give them an answer, they put it in. So, in other words, if I'm going to sort of, you know, keel over abroad, it's going to cost something to bring me back. So they want to make sure that they've actually, you know, got the right things in place. So the moment you mention you've had heart trouble, you can hear the pound signs ticking over. So when all these people get on planes with their illnesses in other countries and arrive here and go straight to an NHS hospital, I only wish it was so simple for many of us who are very honest... And we'll go and buy the insurance and then we'll take the insurance certificate on holiday. And so you've got it. I mean, I always go armed with loads of bits of paper going, I've got medical insurance for this, for the diabetes. I take my own insulin. I've got this injection. I've got that injection. I've got these tablets for this, this one for blood pressure. And when you actually think about it, it's quite an expensive business. On top of the cost of the holiday, I've got another thing. And in America, I don't don't think I could get in without health insurance. Because otherwise, if, everything would be. Inv- if you didn't tell them about the fact that you were ill, then and you, and you sort of turn up in something, they're going to go, "Why didn't you say you were ill to start with?" So you have to tell people. You have to tell people, and you do go abroad with health insurance. I know, I know, no end of people who actually say, "You know, I I wouldn't feel happy going abroad unless I had health insurance." I'm very surprised," says Tony, "that the fare dodger was never picked up with the onboard ticket checks for many years. I used to commute on the Hastings line, and there were regular checks. Yes, I mean I see. Well, you know, we saw Trevor on the bus the other day, ticket inspector there. I'd love that job. Love that job. And a ticket inspector on the trains. Yes, how he got away with it for five years? Perhaps every time he saw the ticket inspector there, he just went, he went to the toilet. I don't know. I've got no idea. But whatever it was, it was forty-three thousand pounds later." £43,000 later. Uh, Heard in the news, says Philip, your news on LBC, that patients will be able to see their doctors out of surgery hours. He said, does that mean you can go round their house in the middle of the night or visit a restaurant where they're eating and strip off for an examination? They want you to do it by video. They want you to do it by video now. They're saying video and email because doctors' time is so precious. I mean, at the moment, I'm now under four different... there's, There's my doctor... My diabetic nurse. Then there's another diabetic team of two people up at another hospital. And then there's my cardiologist. I just realised that's five people I've got. Five people. It's quite a lot, isn't it, when you think about it? It's a a lot of people looking after your health. Hence having insurance when you go abroad. I wouldn't even think about going abroad without having some sort of insurance going on. Gary. He says he swims in lakes as you know, and you know that my fear is I cannot swim in water where I cannot see what is going on underneath, I'm afraid. He said, I didn't do just one, but two lake swims over the weekend. Saturday, for a two-kilometre swim at Denham Lake, rather tepid, 11 degrees, and on Sunday, at a different lake at Thorpe Park, an alleged 14 degrees, and then Sunday afternoon, a two-kilometre pool swim, swim, followed by a spa session, both times in the lakes. I did spare you a thought and think I'm sure Steve would actually like this if he gave it a go. Think again I'm afraid there is nothing under God's earth that would ever get me to swim in a lake. Still plenty more to come on your first early morning breakfast show of the week. Actually it's the first one for Nick Ferrari as well. He's had his uh, he'll be bright-eyed and bushy-tailed after the news at 7 this morning. Lisa Aziz is here with the morning news at 6:30. Just a few of the front pages the Sun reporting on an investigation into whether an e-cigarette ignited at a hospital patient's oxygen supply was actually the cause of the incident. The woman is very badly burnt. A study of 30,000 people who take statins has found they're less likely to get dementia, according to The Express. Uh, The star says Britain's Got Talent has been criticised for the volume of foreign contestants on this year's show. It's all European circuses, isn't it? All that and more from LBC. I'm Steve Allen. All of that is next. This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Monday morning, it's LBC. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. We're here till 6.30 when Lisa Aziz comes along with the morning news. And Nick Ferrari and the team back bright-eyed and bushy-tailed after his week sojourn. The mirror pictures a two-foot-long rat which the paper claims could overrun Britain's cities. That no, really is a rat as opposed to maybe an MP. Uh, the star says Britain's got talent's been criticised for the volume of foreign contestants. Well, that's the only place they can find them, isn't it? They trawl European circuses now to find an actor. They go to Vegas because Britain doesn't have any talent like that. Can you imagine anybody finding a 79-year-old granny in this country who could be whirled around by her dancer friend? Oh, when Janet Street Porter's doing another food series for the television. How ghastly. Yes, dreary old Janet still droning on in her boring monotone way, and um, so she's filming a f- food series with uh, the chef Brian Turner, which is lovely. But uh, she, I don't know, are they still using her in Loose Women? I can't remember actually. Every time I turn on there, seems to be a different cast and crew. Now, thanks to uh, John for the very much. he sent me in a money box actually with uh, with money that I would have had. In fact, it was there was far too much in there. There was more than two and sixpence, I'm afraid. And uh, and he also he's, he sent me some comics because I said on the program the other week that my family didn't allow me to have comics. My mother thought they were a bit common, so we never had comics, which was a, which was a great shame. Uh, the Mirror today having a, a midlife crisis. Stars and their younger models. This is after the weekend revelations that uh, snooker star Mr Hendry was uh, apparently ditching his wife of nineteen years and uh, going out with somebody else called Lauren Thundo, who apparently has appeared in The Noddy Show. This is the stage version of The Noddy Show. Then, of course, Jonathan Davis, the rugby star, ditched his wife and went out with sort of a younger model. Uh, Paul Hollywood did it as well, but then came crawling back to his wife the moment she started threatening lawyers and I'm taking half your money. Uh, Ronnie Wood walked out on his wife of 23 years for a teenage Russian cocktail waitress, as if she was anything but and she's disappeared into obscurity. Johnny Depp, of course, split from the mother of his two children, Vanessa Paradis, after being together for 14 years. He has uh, a new girlfriend called Amber Heard, who's 27. They're now engaged. It's sort of older men and younger women, isn't it? It's a bit, it's a bit sad. Grant Bovey, he was kicked out by Anthea Turner. I think, to be honest with you, I don't think she's quite strong enough to do anything like that. I think he just walked out. And uh, he cheated twice with the same woman, and uh, now he's split up with her, and it's, it's just another old man on the on the, on the the scrap heap. Kelsey Grammer did exactly the same. After 13 years of marriage, his wife Camille and he split up. Dermot Murnahan, even when his team of eggheads may have struggled to tell you who Sky presenter Dermot Murnahan was, he was then caught kissing his uh, latest squeeze in Hyde Park. It was not his wife of uh, 23 years and mother of his four children. He was kissing somebody. Why are people to go out to a public park? I've got no idea. And Rowan Atkinson. Uh, The wife's gone and he's now with his new girlfriend, Louise Ford. And, uh, strange enough, they've actually uh, asked Colleen Nolan for her comments on men hitting the menopause are so tragic. This this rich from Colleen Nolan, I always think. But uh, she thinks it's a it's a real phenomenon. Some men get to a certain age and start to feel life is passing them by. Well, a bit like women who go on diets, Colleen, isn't it? It's like women who are too fat and then they bring out a fitness DVD and then pile the pounds on again. It's, uh, you know, it's men trying to recapture their youth. They do it all the time. There's nothing nothing new about it. It just means that they're sort of in the flush. Of, I think they do it to find out if they can still find somebody. Well, that's the way I, I look on it. I've never seen it uh, any other way. A bit of a spat going on as well over in America, this time between the ghastly Kelly Osborne and the equally vacuous Paris Hilton. Apparently, they were at the, uh, the Coachella Festival, and they've had a war of words during the first weekend of this music and arts festival. After the Hotel Heiress, she's not, and Socialite, pff, not really, accused Kelly of blanking her. It's really mature, grown-up stuff, this. And as you know how foul-mouthed Kelly Osborne can be, it runs in the family. I mean, they, they really do use this kind of language all the time. Anyway, uh, Sharon and Ozzy's 29... Is she really only 29? Is she really? I find that difficult to believe. She chilled with friends in one of the informal VIP areas. Paris strutted over and tried to join in. And then she uh, she rounded on Kelly and called her a bitch, which I think kind of sums her up. I've never actually understood what the purpose of Kelly Osbourne is. Made famous by a television programme that when you watch it back now, you suddenly realise what a foul-mouthed family they are. What a bunch of losers, I'm afraid. And so then there's been retweets and tweets and they've fallen out big time. People do that, though. I was reading all the celebrations over Victoria Beckham, who finally hits 40. 40! Unbelievable. Anyway, she doesn't want a big party. Mainly because who would go? You know, I mean, she said, I want close friends to go, so there's no Elton John. No, Tom Cruise. They're obviously a bit fair-weather, these friends, aren't they? They're obviously not people who are in her inner circle. No, instead, the dreary Eva Longoria. Her parents, of course, will be there. Uh, Whether or not Davy Boy's parents will be there, I don't know. They weren't mentioned on the list, so perhaps they're not part of the close friends. And uh, I think uh, Gordon Ramsay and his wife, Tana, will be there. Her agent, Simon Fuller, and his wife. And her hairdresser, or as I prefer to call it, the miracle worker. And so that's all that's going to be there for her. She just wants a small affair. Uh, for her fortieth birthday party, but interestingly enough, no Spice Girls. So, are they not friends anymore? Is it all? Is it all sort of gone up in the air? Do they not? Do they not talk to each other? Is it? We all we all remember when the Spice Girls musical hit town, they were all there. She turned up late, very unforgiving, I'm afraid, very very rude. If you go to theatre and you turn up late, and then and appear to stand separately from them, which I thought was a shame. I mean, it wasn't like anybody ever shunned her when she was in the Spice Girls. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Another one here, uh, talking about uh, the student nurses forced to take second jobs to make ends meet. And this is 85% of student nurses who are taking on jobs in places such as McDonald's on top of their unpaid shifts in hospitals and, um, and nurseries. I don't quite understand. I mean, how much money does it pay to be a student? I mean, a newly qualified NHS nurse is paid £21,478 a year. 70% of trainees told Unison they were worried about finding a job after the Tory-led coalition axed thousands of posts. Louise McGarrell, who comes from uh, Lurgan in County Amar, works 16 hours a week at McDonald's to make ends meet. She said, last July I had one day off in the whole month. It can be very exhausting. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Absolutely ridiculous. Student nurses can top up their income by getting into debt with a loan of up to £5,500. But why would you want to do that? I mean, surely it should actually be a a living wage. That's what it's uh, supposed to be. Steve, Britain's got... Foreign talent. That's what it should be called. Last year, when it's from Hungary. What's the point of a programme if you can't have any British talent, Mike says? Well, there isn't any British talent. That's why they have to go there, because you apparently like voting for circus acts. And that's what they're they're trawling for. Uh, And people who talk... Because if you go abroad, if you go to uh, Italy, and if you go to France, they have what they call performance artists. They have people who can fill theatres out. You know that... A good friend of mine is an Italian quick-change artist called Arturo Brichetti. In Italy, he's an enormous star because he does these quick-changes, and he was over here at the Garrick Theatre for a a limited run. And it's a very, very clever act, but it's seen over there as as art. Over here, we just go, oh, it's dressing up and then taking clothes off quickly. So in America, when they had the quick-change artist who basically had ripped off everybody else's act, they thought that was a bit novel. Over here, we have... What do we have? People making shapes... Behind a screen, which was all a bit... It's a, but, uh, abroad, they look on that as art. They look on that as art, and they actually sort of think to themselves that that's, that's what is talent nowadays. And so when we put somebody up there attempting to play a trumpet or make an owl fly from this side of the stage to the other, that's not having talent at all. That's making the owl do something. The owl's going, I'm not doing it. I don't want to play that game anymore. I'll just sit here and stare everybody out, and it's exactly what it does. Patricia says, I love staying at home because you don't have to bother with people, most of whom I find very annoying, unpleasant, petty, greedy, rude, morally phony, bullying, obnoxious and vindictive. That's just round your area. I'm going to come down here. It's completely different, I'm afraid. How long before your doctor gets video clips posted online? Well, very shortly, you might actually... I mean, some people just go to the doctors because they like going to the doctors. Other people who are seriously ill, you know... Uh, get to see their doctor... Well, I mean, I think my my doctor's absolutely brilliant. Somebody says, my doctor's available 8am to 8pm, Monday to Saturday, and 10am till 2 Sunday. Can't be the same doctor. They can't be working those hours. They don't work those hours, even at my place. Somebody else has said, uh, made in Chelsea is dreary. Amy Childs is dreary. Yes, well, Amy Childs always was dreary. Again, child by name, child by nature. I think it kind of sums it up, doesn't it, really? But uh, she might be going back, I think, into... The only way is Essex, mainly because it's all a bit cold on the outside, and nobody's interested in her at all, are they? Best you can come up with is she might or might not have been having a quick fling with that goth bloke, which of course turned out to be a pile of old rubbish, but enabled her to wear six different outfits in one day. Not at all, not at all promoting her dreary clothing line. Quarter past six. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. 21 minutes past six. Uh, good news. Sir Alex Ferguson is spearheading a new team and aiming to score a major victory against cancer. The legendary Man United boss has given 250000 to back research for a drug hailed as a potential landmark breakthrough. You would have thought, actually, the amount of money cancer research would have, in they could fund it. Or do they need constant money? I mean, some of these charities are immensely rich. Still have the chuggers in Twickenham. I'm still waiting to go and stand next to them, just so I can eavesdrop on exactly what it is they're uh, talking about. And uh, there was a lovely carpet the other day. It was a, a carpet uh, which we had in Leicester Square for the premiere of Noah. And it looked like. way it looks fantastic. I wonder what they did with it afterwards. Michael tweeted it. He's, he's very excited this week, is Michael, because it's only a four day week for him. Because, of course, this coming Friday, it's Good Friday, which means that people get the, the time off and uh, all the fun fairs will be out. On Friday, I'll make sure that you get the list of all the fun fairs and everything else so that you exactly know where to go, which is free entertainment. Not so free to go on the rides, but free entertainment uh, for the children. It's always something to do, isn't it? 8 uh, Apparently student nurses get a bursary, not a salary. So they don't get allowances for things like council tax as other students, but still work full time, says Angela. Such a difficult way to qualify, trying to care for uh, PPL whilst not being cared for yourself. It's terrible, really, isn't it? That The very idea that nurses have to actually take another job. Another job as well. God, dear, as if they didn't have enough, enough things to worry about, I'm afraid. But uh, they do. They have loads of things to worry about. And then they need to take other jobs. Uh, one here that says, not all silvers are surfers. My wife can't use a computer at all, says Nigel. Well, you must teach her. It's so weak and pathetic, honestly. She went to sign up at the Wimbledon Library last week. The assistant told her to fill out her details on a computer terminal. And she had to tell the incredulous girl that she didn't know how to use a computer keyboard. God. Yeah, I mean, I mean she, well, she must do. Don't be stupid. She must do. I mean, if she ever used a typewriter, it's the same thing. It's a QWERTY keyboard. I mean, blimey, if she can't... Well, of course you can. God in heaven. You know, seven-year-olds can use computers. In fact, they're actually teaching them at school now. They teach them at a very, very early age. Uh, Noreen says, I think I'm a silver surfer. I can use my smartphone and a laptop. Not mastered an iPad yet, despite some of the gang trying to help me. Goodness, she says, Cyril Smith... Savile, when will it end? I don't know. I heard a name banded around the other day. Another person who'd been uh, being questioned by the police, a 73 year old. And uh, we've still got that other story that rumbles on, haven't we, about the, uh, the so called stand up comedian? That one was in the mail over the weekend. And she says, £14 for two frozen yogurts at Harrods. Well, just over £14. It does seem a lot, didn't it? But I thought, no, you don't do this. I don't do this every day, and I certainly don't do it uh, very often but I, uh, I I do it occasionally. Occasionally I will push the boat out, but it won't be, we won't be doing that again, I'm afraid. Uh, Anne says, I don't know how to use the internet, and I'm 78. Well, learn! What is the matter with people? Never heard anything like it. Of course you can. Go into the library, start learning. It's not complicated. Very easy. Very simple. Just, just basic things you can learn on the, uh, the internet. If ever you see Kate Winslet... And I, I don't know how often you might think you would be seeing Kate Winslet, but don't ever produce the nude Titanic portrait. It haunts her, she says. And if anybody asks me to autograph it, I refuse. So there you go. She doesn't like it. She's not very happy about that uh, picture at all. Front pages of the, uh, the papers. The Independent say Ukrainian forces have launched an anti-terror operation against pro-Russian protesters. They picture armed troops without insignia surrounding a police building in the eastern city of uh, Slaviansk. The Times quotes Ukraine's acting leader, who says he's deploying troops to drive out suspected Russian soldiers, whilst allegations from the United States that Russia orchestrated the violence is the Guardian's take on the story. Changes to GP's opening hours lead the Eye. It says five and a half million patients will be able to see their doctor in the evenings and at weekends, but they're thrilled. Doctors, good Lord. I've never thought that I'd been that ill, that I would have to call the doctor. In fact, I don't think I've ever had a doctor's visit Do they still do visiting? Financial Times says rising inequality and slower global growth could force almost a billion people in the developing world out of the middle-class bracket. The Daily Mail reports that victims of Cyril Smith are threatening to sue the Lib Dems if it emerges the party knew about his sexual abuse and failed to stop it. The big question is, who was the person who phoned the police and said release Cyril Smith when he was arrested after child porn was found in the boot of his car? A report from a group of MPs features on the front page of the Telegraph, claiming millions of people are suffering in silence at the hands of hostile public officials. The Sun reports into that investigation to whether an e-cigarette ignited a hospital patient's oxygen supply and has given her burns she might never recover from. A study of thirty thousand people who take statins are found they're less likely to get dementia. That's according to the Express. And the mirror feature pe- uh, features a uh, a two-foot-long rat, which the paper claims could overrun Britain's cities. And, of course, the Daily Star say Britain's Got Talent's been criticised for the volume of foreign contestants. Because you can go round anywhere. You can find somebody who can do a roller-skating act. They exist in most of the shows in Paris, where they have these shows, the Folies Bergere and uh, you can go to Barcelona to the Lido. You'll find loads of acts who'd be willing to come over to actually be on television. Because they, they, they might not normally actually get on television at all. And so if they don't get on television, the opportunity of actually coming over here is absolutely fantastic. Uh, It's the mail that goes overboard with the Cyril Smith story. It's because there is a a book out as well. And scientists are now saying that they can soon predict the onset of Alzheimer's with a simple blood test. It's absolutely amazing what they can do with with blood tests nowadays. And if they can uh, find something and then find some cure for dementia, which is uh, possibly the most awful thing families can ever uh, go through. Apparently they say patients with a high level of copper had a 50% chance of getting Alzheimer's. Where on earth would you be getting the copper from? I can't imagine. Uh, just about it for this morning. Thank you very much indeed. Nice to brighten your Monday morning, beginning of the week, and as the day is going to be gorgeous and sunny, enjoy it. And for many of you, it's only a short week. It's only a four-day week because Friday is Good Friday, and you've probably taken off the Monday, so you almost get a week over the weekend. How nice is that? I'm back tomorrow from four. If you missed any of today's show, you can listen again whenever and wherever you like with the new podcast service. You can download the app from the LBC website, lbc.com. Later on LBC, Nick Ferrari is here from 7 with Breakfast. Next, it's Lisa Aziz with the Morning News.